Somewhere men are laughing and somewhere children shout. But there is no joy in Mudville. Mighty Casey has Welcome back to Mudville, a podcast about baseball and cinema. I am one of your hosts, Nolan Rabine. I'm Brody Stab. Nolan, what are we talking about this week? Well, the regular season's over, and uh, the wild card round is going to start up tomorrow afternoon, and uh, there's no baseball tonight, but I am getting super excited and trying to get into the right headspace for a full day of playoff baseball tomorrow, and I'm getting pretty damn excited. Can you believe how fast this regular season felt? I feel like it felt faster than most in recent years. All of a sudden, the season is over, and it's we're October approaching the playoffs. And right now. We were hoping that there might be a couple of important matchups coming down to Game 162. That wasn't quite the case. It did come down to, to 161. A few things shifted in 162, but yeah. no, nothing of importance. The Houston Astros did win the American League West at the very last second by sweeping the Arizona of course they Diamondbacks. Did. Why wouldn't they? Yeah, it just, it just felt fitting, honestly. It has resulted in the Texas Rangers, who almost had five days off will instead go to Tropicana Field to play the Tampa Bay Rays. The uh, Toronto Blue Jays got that final wild card spot and they will be going into the Minnesota the eternally cursed Minnesota Twins to face, <laughs> as Brody just said, the cursed Minnesota Twins. They have won a playoff series since we were children. Anyway, it's quite true. <laughs> But these these past two days uh, have been filled with quite a bit of chaos elsewhere. You know, we've been watching a lot of uh, football these past two days, uh, pairing a a little bit for the first episode of uh, Brody and Morgan's New York Sports Corner that's That's going to be be coming out later this week. Real soon. Very excited. Um, I'm genuinely really excited (laughs) to do that Um, just because I love new york sports radio and it has shaped who i am as a person so i think it's gonna be fun but yeah there's also a lot to talk about with the new york sports right now honestly we can maybe dive in real quick if we want to give them a taste you either uh, die a first time long time or live long enough to see be yourself regular. become the, the host yeah <laughs> yeah that's that's fun Man, I want that stitched into a pillow. Anyway, yeah, we um, got two uh, primetime games this week for, for yeah. New York football. And, uh, like, yeah, they were planned back when they thought both these teams were going to be good. <laughs> and the, there's just been such a strange phenomenon th- this whole week that, you know, of course there's been so much media coverage of Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey's it's relationship. So, I'm we don't so need to sick of it. get into that. It's classic media oversaturation it is what it is what i found so dystopian even was the fact that at the eagles game there was media coverage of donna kelsey travis and jason kelsey's mother hanging out with jake from state farm dude 
This is the and, most irrelevant celebrity. The fact that you know the Kelsey's mother's name without having to even think twice, it just came to you. Family has very much entered the public sphere recently, both with the uh, Kelsey podcast yeah. and yeah, now, of course. I'm not going to allow Jake from State Farm to be a celebrity. No, like, dude, what is up with that? That, that why why are we don't why even were know people his name. into that i'm so like we don't freaked know his out name. by that why do people care so much about an insurance ad this sitting is like, with a player's mother this is like if what even is Mrs. that volpe went to a yankee game with flow from progressive and it made national news yeah <laughs> like what Basically. what is going on with that we we do not know his real name i'm sure there are people out there who do but the reason that he is famous is because they said on the broadcast oh there's donna kelsey with jake from state farm that dude's name is not jake i don't know what it is well they I saw switched it the once. actor <laughs> it's like a like the james bond thing it's like a title that goes from one agent to the next it's like what? like what i'm gonna look up the actor's real name it's just so alarming like why why he's were people an actor into too that? like he's a spokesman and now he's like fucking famous because he's like i mean what the hell is up with that it's the weirdest sh- his name is kevin miles sure like imagine Donna Kelsey and Kevin Miles spotted at at Eagles game. No, no one cares. about You have to that. use the brand name for that guy to be even like. And what's acknowledgeable. the end game of that? More people. Know. Why are they hiring State Farm to get their car insured? Are they like, like oh, friends? Okay. No, I, I. It has to. <laughs> it's definitely world? like a paid promo thing that like State Farm did. They they clearly saw everybody talking about Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift, and we're oh, like, we got to get on some of that. So we're gonna send Jake from State Farm to hang out with Wait, their was mom. Was he wearing and the fact State that, Farm stuff? Probably. Let I me mean, see. hold on. The fact that that worked really alarms me like the fact that people couldn't as a culture come together and agree that that is completely yep. ludicrous he's wearing a state farm of course jacket. he is so it was, it was branded then yeah well of course it was i, yeah, I know genius marketing the kind of fucking freak you have to be to be like i'm gonna buy my favorite artist boyfriend's jersey oh that <laughs> that is everybody is that? in america right now understand. that taylor swift has become a get it. monolith do I not get it, or is it that people are weird? I don't get it either. No, people are weird, and we don't get it. But like, I have tried to like become aware of what's happening like socially and culturally. Like, but I just think we are in the aware. Moment. We are but aware of stuff like that. It's so much different even though than from when we were like 18 or so, and it I was know. like Taylor Swift versus Kanye or whatever. That she's makes sense. She's not polarizing anymore she's just a monolith she's just famous and it happened around the time of like covid i think around the time that she started selling all of her albums twice which is both like artistically meaningful and like the greatest scam ever kind of yeah but it's just it feels unhealthy (laughs) is that fair (laughs) tea's gone cold i'm wondering why got out of bed at all on a rain cloud Do you ever listen to the uh, were, were you the Elton John of the Dido Which one did you have saved Even on your iPod it, classic? I mean, obviously the like <laughs> original version, but I did also listen to the one with, with Elton John just because I found it very so funny that that existed. It is funny, but he also does shit like that. He does a lot of modern. Yeah, Eminem stuff. and Elton John are boys. Man, no, not not even that. Just Elton John does stuff with like modern musicians all the time. Like, yeah, he, like truly, still, like he had a massive hit with Dua Lipa last year. Yeah, yeah. Like he does that. That's like a thing. It was on him. my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. Oh shit! Yeah, what song was that? Uh, All of the lights. Oh my god! Yeah, that's crazy. That's like everybody on that song. Yeah, 
Paul um, McCartney too. Not on that album, but he well, on Kanye. only one. Yeah, yeah. The, I don't know what I don't know what to make of those songs. To be honest, I liked like it. four or five four seconds. or five seconds. I used to rock out to that on my way to tenth grade. Really? Yeah, I like that song. No, I mean, I I don't think that it, it's like, it's like that a been bad year. song, but like rocking out to it, I find strange. No, like, I feel no, like no, you no, have I to... just would play it in the car in the morning. Sure, <laughs> all right. It was a very good going to school at like you know seven fifty a.m. song. Yeah, it was like kind of vibey, but it had like enough juice. You know, we don't need to steer the conversation back to juice again. We did that last week, but <laughs> or two weeks ago. I can't imagine that these past ten years have gone how Kanye expected. <laughs> Taylor Swift is like dating the big, Man. the best tight end of, of all time, getting and he's a Nazi media freak. coverage in every realm of existence, yeah. and he's the Nazi hanging out with Nick Fuentes. He before I go on, I want to preface this: I'm not defending anything that he's ever said or done. I don't think anybody um, was accusing you of that. Well, just because I said, hold on a second, that's not where I'm going with this. Sure. He has been pretty quiet for the last like five six months maybe a little bit longer than that i think he married a model and is like fucked off to italy and is like being quiet there the old roman polanski good go away (laughs) that's that's the best thing for your career at this moment just stop talking if you can't stop saying nazi shit (laughs) the bar is in hell It, it really is oh boy or maybe the Canadian Parliament will honor him. What is this in reference to? You didn't hear about that? No. They they like honored like this ninety eight year old oh, Ukrainian oh, guy. Yeah. And they didn't like vet what was happening. They were like, he fought against the Russians and they were like, Wait, when? When? Oh, <laughs> Nineteen forty five in Berlin. I don't know. I, I was trying to make an offhand <laughs> yeah. reference, but if you didn't pick it that, up, that's no. Right. It's it's somebody out there is going to like that one. But somebody went, oh, how is that not? You're honoring a ninety eight year old war veteran. You didn't ask which war, dude. <laughs> like, the next or day, what side? Poland hit up Canada. They were like, can we kill him? <laughs> Fuck yeah, Poland. I love that. Man, Let's get all the 98-year-old Nazis rounded up. Dig this, out the This Lugers. is an anti-Nazi podcast. Taste of your own the medicine. F- I think that's fair to say. That's yeah. a pretty easy thing to bold, stand bold by. Take. That if anybody has a problem with, I think we're fine with them leaving. Yeah. <laughs> get the fuck out. Bye. Um, I, I can't imagine we have any Nazis in the crowd that have held out this long. I don't think <laughs> any. I would imagine none showed I, up to begin with. I have said that I'm Jewish a few times. I'm half Jewish and half Italian. So, you know, I, I, I don't know. There's a good chance that if they're a Nazi, you're not going to like one half or both sides of me. I don't know if they have things against Italians, but that feels right. Yeah, I don't um, really have an, any like <laughs> heritage myself. I'm, I'm just kind of a guy. You're just a guy. But I'm along. You for look the ride. French. <laughs> yeah, I guess uh, I act French. So. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, I don't think I've ever seen you with a cigarette or a baguette oh. or cheese. But you know, I've eaten cheese. Enough. Yeah, you've eaten cheese, but not like a block. I haven't seen you go to town on a block of cheese, dude. I go <laughs> to town on blocks of cheese literally all the time. Playoff matchups. Yes. We mentioned these briefly already, but we've got Diamondbacks Brewers in the National League, and we've got Phillies Marlins. And in the American League, we've got Rays Rangers and Blue Jays Twins, which, quite frankly, is so much more 
interesting to me than when I thought it was going to be Astros versus Twins and Blue Jays versus Rays. Because Jays Rays just is a matchup that I have seen no, so we don't many need times. Any more of it. it is very aesthetically displeasing no, to me no personally and to you, no, I imagine. No more. Also, that would be in the trop and like well, it's granted, in the trop already. It, I was about to say it is in the so trop. Sad. But the Rangers going to Tampa is different and very exciting and very strange. But the Blue Jays going to the Trop again for the millionth time to watch, like, I don't know. We don't need to see that again. I want to do two things with this bracket sure. real quick, with the total bracket. I want to go over what you hope to see happen for entertainment mm-hmm. and what you think will happen. Let's do it. So if you want to start out. Diamondbacks Brewers. I kind of like this matchup. Very fun. Uh, I think this is the first time that the Diamondbacks have been in the playoffs in quite some time. Coming in hot, they're starting rookie Brandon Fott in game one against ace Corbin Burns. Uh, matchup, I think, that most would say was quite unfavorable on paper. Um, Brandon Fott is definitely quite the talented arm. He's uh, really he's who they're throwing for this game? He's figured it out a, a bit in the uh, second half. I think he's found his stuff and Where's his Gallen? Uh, arsenal a bit. Gallon's going to be pitching in game two because he pitched against Houston the other day. Ah, there you go. Um, I guess then, that kind of makes sense, too. It I, does. You probably want the better does. pitcher for game two, mm-hmm. I would think. Yep, and especially you want but, Gallon on an, another day's rest. Yeah. Um, and then if, if it goes to game three, they will throw uh, Merrill Kelly. Gallon, of course, has had a Cy Young caliber season, uh, 210 innings under his belt with a 3.47 ERA. Merrill Kelly has flown a bit under the radar with 177 innings and a 3.29 ERA of his own, although the underlying numbers suggest he got a little bit lucky. Uh, he walks quite a few more hitters than Gallon. Instances of the Arizona Diamondbacks being competitive or interesting have been few and far between last time they made the playoffs was 2017 okay that sounds about right and i feel confident saying that this is the most exciting lineup i have ever seen them put out corbin carroll is an absolute superstar who put up a 25 and 50 season even while battling an injury at the end of it uh Cattell Marte played in 150 games 127 WRC plus and a great walk to strikeout rate. One of the most consistent hitters in the league. Guy is just always out there. Super durable. Christian Walker continuing to fly under the radar with another 30 home runs this season. Another guy who walks 9% of the time, strikes out less than 20. He's 32. I know. That's Um, crazy. He's been doing it for a while. Gabriel... Moreno has been formidable at the plate and he's been a huge presence on defense behind the dish. And then they brought in Tommy Pham at the deadline. Uh, just an absolute psychopath who could start going crazy at any moment. Yep. Could rip off four home runs in two games. but Or who could go over 16. The bullpen <laughs> it is a little shaky. Uh, they did get Paul Seawald as well at the deadline. Uh, he's been closing games for them. Uh, Kevin... Ginkle, Ginkle has I been think, having a good right. season for them. And then uh, the lefties, Andrew Chafin and Andrew Salfrank, two Andrews to get out the lefties. 
Um, and then for the Brewers, I was preparing to come on here and talk about the fact that they have a three-headed dragon of starting pitchers with Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, and Freddie Peralta. And then it was announced today that Brandon Woodruff is out with a shoulder injury, yeah. and even if the Brewers advance, he might not pitch in the rest of the postseason. That is brutal. This is an issue that has popped up for him kind of frequently. Uh, it has been a long-term problem for him, and apparently it has been... It reached the point where it is now so bad that he has to miss a playoff start. When I thought that he was healthy and going to pitch on Wednesday, um, I was very confident that the Brewers were going to take that series just because I didn't think that the Diamondbacks were going to have the pitching to match Milwaukee. And with runs coming at a premium, usually in the postseason, I felt that that advantage was going to be one that just couldn't really be overcome. But... Now that that's no longer the case, and Freddie Peralta is presumably pitching game two, who would even pitch game three for them? Would it, it would have to be a Adrian Hauser or Wade Miley? Both just not very attractive oh, options to start a playoff game. So like you're going to need crazy performances out of your pen, like Abner Uribe, who he's crazy stuff with a 15% walk rate. Uh, Devin Williams is great, of course. I, I don't know. I, I feel like I... that. That Woodruff injury just seems like a total backbreaker to me. And I, I think I'm going to switch my prediction to the Arizona Diamondbacks taking this series. I Who do you want to see win? <laughs> I think I also want to see Arizona win. I think I do too. But I will say, so here's the thing with the Brewers, right? When you think the Brewers, you think pitching. That's been their kind of identity for the last four years, honestly. And their bullpen, obviously, is fantastic as you went over. I mean, they have true studs like at the back end of the bullpen like guys that have been you know teams try to poach every single year because they think that they're not going to be in it this uh this is not a brewers team that i have a ton of confidence in i think i like i've believed in them in the past more than i do this year and they've made quick exits um so it's you know kind of tough to get that monkey off your back when you've had this streak of early exits year after year after year and then you lose you know a guy like Woodruff, that's for a two-game series, too. That's brutal. I mean, this is not a situation that you want to find yourself in. And not to mention David Stearns, and it seems like Craig Counselor are on their way here um, to New York on the back end of this, which is just like that's not a huge thing, but just mentally I feel like that's going to be – obviously these guys are professionals. So they're not going to be thinking about it. But just like from, from where I'm sitting, that feels like a factor – it's sure. like Craig Council is not playing for his job. He's not playing to, you know, he's. this is pretty much, he has a cushy job lined up after this, no matter what. And their other guy is already gone. So it's, uh, I don't know. This feels like uh, deck is stacked against him, I would say. Meanwhile, the Diamondbacks are this really fun upstart, you know, young roster. They have been hitting all year. Their pitching is great. I, you know, starting pitching at least again. Paul Seawald closing has been fine this year. Um, but not much more than fine, I would say. Like he's, you know, a five FIP, one point five whip. Not uh, too impressive. Not ideal. Um But yeah, Miguel Castro's look good, which is funny. Um he's got insane movement on his stuff, so that should be interesting at the very least to watch. Another guy, just so many walks. It's it is true. Uh, that that was his thing last year with the Yankees when we got a very big dose of him. It's you know, he throws really hard and he can put a crazy spin on his stuff, but it just he has no control over it whatsoever but maybe that'll work in a playoff series with the adrenaline pumping and guys ready to swing who knows but yeah i think i have the uh i have the diamondbacks in two 
<laughs> and two over the, over the Brewers. You think they you think they win and, tomorrow with uh, Fott on the mound versus Burns? And I think the uh, I just think their lineup is a little bit better, and I I think they still have the edge on the pitching. Um, it's it's close, honestly. This team is uh, like these these are two teams who are I think going in opposite directions, but right now are about as close as they can be. Um, and I just I have a feeling that the uh, Diamondbacks come out on top. I'm curious then, uh, tomorrow, do you think the Diamondbacks lineup gets to Corbin Burns? Do you think that Brandon Fott shuts down Milwaukee or both? I think that the Diamondbacks go into this game knowing that if they get to Burns, the series is over. Okay. So I think that that should be enough of you know a motivator to at least. And even if they do get through him, again, they I, the Brewers' bullpen is disgusting. So if they can manage anything off of Corbin Burns... And not have to see a Devin Williams or uh, you know anybody else in the back end of that pen. They're going to be in a good good state there. But um, it should be a fun series. Still, I just i i don't i i don't believe in the Brewers this year. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's fair. Um, they certainly have not had much playoff success in the past. Um, I watched a couple of Freddie Peralta starts in september uh, he does seem to be getting a little gassed like he had a start against miami towards the end of the year where he just looked terrible um if he doesn't come out firing bullets in in game two uh i think it's going to be very difficult for him to outduel zach gallon um and then if the diamondbacks win that one even assuming that milwaukee takes game one with Burns against Fott, which I think they will. You disagree on that. I, I do still think that Arizona would have the advantage in game three with Merrill Kelly on the mound against, again, presumably either Wade Miley or, or uh, Adrian Hauser, I guess, however they'd want to play those matchups. Neither of those options sounds particularly appealing to me. Yeah. So I think we're in agreement there. Uh, we like it. We like to see Arizona. You think this goes to a three game? I do. Okay. Uh, Phillies Marlins. These are teams with opposite philosophies. <laughs> I feel like that's kind of interesting that sure. they end up seeing each other um, to start out the wild card. Um, I mean, the the Marlins are built on the opposite of power. They have a shit ton of contact and speed and really strong young starting pitching. The Phillies have old aces who are not exactly at the top of their game anymore and a fuck ton of power with low averages um, and bad defense. So it's going to be fun. I mean, this is like two complete opposite brands of baseball going up against each other to move on. I love it. I tell you, I would be so excited for this series, maybe even above all the others, if the Marlins had Sandy Alcantara and Yuri Perez healthy. such a shame. Uh, uh, it, it really is so upsetting that those two aren't going to pitch. Uh, Sandy might even be headed for Tommy John, unfortunately. Um, I mean, I, you know, I, I talked about Freddie Peralta maybe being a little bit gassed. I'm certain that... Yeah. Yuri Perez was gassed. Can we I think that's why quick, they put him on the IL. A quick aside, because this is it, it's. I just thought about this when we were talking about Brandon Woodruff too. They, I think there's a quick fix to this that they are gonna need to do at some point really soon, and that is make the active roster 27 for the whole season, so that you can have a sixth starter regularly and cut down on the amount of starts. Because I I don't know what else they can do. Because, I mean, if you can't have pitchers healthy 
for a full 162 and then go into the playoffs with them ready to go, I don't really know what the point is. Well, I mean, that's like it's I, true. It, it also depends on the pitcher. I feel like those are two very yes, specific examples because it does. Sandy Cole never year. gets hurt. <laughs> like, well, you know. here's what I mean by that, though. Sandy in 2022 threw way more innings than any other pitcher in baseball. He won the, the Cy Young because yes. of it. This year, he threw quite a few innings again. He didn't have the results that he did last year. He'd, you know, for whatever reason, just some natural regression. He also got unlucky, had a high BABIP, got sure. bad fielding help, whatever. Uh, and then Yuri Perez is a twenty-year-old, so like, no, the, he's he's not part. Of, that's he's yeah. not what I'm what I'm talking about. They, yeah, they, he would be the sixth. guy. You know, they they sent him years. down back in like July, which I thought was a shitty move at the time. But um, and then he, you know, to keep his innings in check, and then he came back in August and threw some more innings. And uh, but even in those those last few starts from him, the command didn't look great. He wasn't as uh, overpowering as we had seen like at his peak so Um, young yeah and like he's gonna be an ace i think for the next decade so like i i think that they totally played it correct just shutting him down when they did you'd be scraping the bottom of the barrel for talent Mm -hmm. for if you had to run six starters out all the time you would have a slot or two in your rotation three probably for most organizations that won't be an mlb quality starter so that's you know that would be an issue but at the same time I mean, we lose so many pitchers year after year. I mean, when we get to the Rays, we can talk about it. They have four guys who would be in the top two of almost every rotation in baseball who are out with Tommy John. It's obscene. So it's just, I, you know, I, like we've had issues on every single team. Just pitchers go down. It just happens. And like old pitchers managed to get through it. I guess they didn't throw as hard. They were throwing more innings or whatever. There's, there's something that's happening right now in baseball. That seems worse than it has been in a long, you know, since I've been watching baseball, where just pitchers just get shredded year after year after year. Um, And it's sad. Like, the NFL has gone to, you know, really extensive lengths to keep their, you know, their stars healthy. And I think baseball needs to kind of look at that because you want those good pitching matchups in the playoffs. That's where, you know. It's where the yeah. bread gets buttered. Yeah, people <laughs> getting uh, burned out like this. So many yeah. teams lose their best starters after yeah. a 162 game season. I think that yeah, that's that's fair. I mean, you know, I don't know exactly what would improve pitcher longevity or durability. Like how you know, like the you go to six, just one less start, one you know a week. Yeah, whatever. like the fact that basically every young pitcher in the league, especially the ones who throw triple digits, just have to assume that they're going to lose a year at some point. To, to Tommy John like yeah. that's that's brutal and it is. it's uh that's not really sustainable it also affects the amount of money these guys can make which I'm sure you know first of all the players union probably is not happy with the amount that these guys get hurt as is but if you're a young pitcher you end up with a Tommy John you know let's say around 25 right you've been pitching for a few years you're probably coming close to your you know end of arbitration or whatever I mean, all of a sudden now you're not going to get the big contract right out because you've lost a year. You know, it's just like there's a lot that goes into it. Um, I, I don't know. This all to say basically they need to figure out a way to keep these guys healthy exactly. better than they are. It's but really a shame. Sandy Alcantara Back out. To, yeah, Yuri Perez out, which means that the game one starter for the Marlins is going to be Jesus Luzardo, mm-hmm. who is a very exciting and electric pitcher in his own right. 
Uh, games two and potentially three would be started by Braxton Garrett and probably Edward Cabrera, which uh, good luck That's with that. I think. <laughs> um, <laughs> for the Phillies, uh, they've got their two headed monster, even though one has been a little, eh, uh, would be Zach Wheeler going in game one, uh, I think has a very legitimate case for the Cy Young. Not that he's going to win it. It's probably going to go to Blake Snell. Uh, and then game two, Aaron Nola. Um, Marlon's starting two lefties, I just realized. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a very balanced lineup. We'll see if those lefties are able to neutralize Bryce Harper. Any bright side. And Schwarber, I guess. And, but, and Schwarber, um, yeah. Harper and yeah. Harper and Schwarber. Um, yeah, this Phillies lineup is really scary. I mean, these guys last year, they the, 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 the scariest thing about them is the fact that they did this last year. <laughs> They did exactly this. They were a wild card team. They snuck in hot finish to the year, and then they ended up in the World Series. And I would be worried if I was a Marlins team with next to no playoff experience in the entire roster. I don't know if they have a single guy who's played in a playoff game. Maybe Jorge Soler has. Um, yeah, well, he won, he won a World Series. Uh, oh, shit. Yeah, <laughs> Jorge yeah you're right. Oh, and Josh Bell, too, from last year. Yeah. But, um, man. He was a World Series MVP. Whoa. Um, Jorge Soler, obviously, <laughs> been there, done that. Um, but outside of that, the rest of this roster, almost no playoff experience yeah, not a whatsoever. Um, and you're going against a Phillies team who is largely unchanged from last year. The only thing they did was go add Trey Turner. They're up against a very, I don't want to say old, but in a, a, a veteran team with guys who have a lot of experience. And they have, you know, a lot to prove if they're going to be able to, uh, you know, claim that they are who they think they are, which is a team that belongs in the back end of the playoffs. Um, and after last year's loss in the World Series, I feel like they're probably pretty hungry. So, um, you know, Phillies are going to come in angry, so the Marlins have to do a lot to win this series. Not that I don't think they can. I just think that they are going – They again, they're fighting an uphill battle here. <laughs> I, I agree with everything you just said. Uh, I think that of all the wild card teams, the Phillies are by far the best, at least of the National League bunch. Yeah. Uh, and my prediction, and also what I would like to see, I think, because I want to see a competitive division series matchup with the Braves, is that the Phillies take this pretty handily. I think they win both games. It's possible that the Marlins get to Aaron Nola in game two and then Braxton Garrett pitches well and then forces a game three between Ranger Suarez and Edward Cabrera, which could be potentially interesting. But even if it reaches that point, I mean, I, I support the, the Phillies in that for sure. I, I think this Phillies bullpen, too, is a little bit underrated, to be honest. Just the names alone. Sure. I mean, you have Kimbrough at the back end. Alvarado had a good year. He's great. Alvarado's um, amazing. Yeah, Soto, Dominguez, I mean, Matt, Strom, Matt Strom, Strom lefty, yeah. yeah, Michael Lorenzen showed up in the middle of the year. Mm-hmm. I don't know how he's done since he got there, to be honest with you. But mm-hmm. aside from the no hitter, um, oh shit! <laughs> yeah, good point, man. My uh, my name association tonight is not on point. <laughs> that's uh, that did happen, um, but yeah, that's uh, yeah. They Phillies are scary, man. Good roster, honestly. I I. Kind of, uh, it's a shame that they who they run into if they win this series. Um, I am also probably going to take the Phillies in two in this one. I I don't have a game three in either of these. It's definitely more likely in the D-backs Brewers than this. I I think the Phillies kind of have a very secured upper hand in this series. I but think that's true. I also think that the Marlins could be back perhaps next year. 
but I just don't think this is their time at all. Yeah, sure. So, um, want to move on to the American League matchups? Oh, yeah. These are the the big boppers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> these ones have some... The Texas Rangers head down to the ugliest field in baseball to take on the Tampa Bay Rays down at the Trop. Just ugly. Like, I, I don't like the Rangers uniforms a lot, so that doesn't lend to it. Oh, boy. Um, but it's just all kind of nasty. The Astros won the American League West the very last moment, uh, and that restructured the whole playoff picture. I genuinely can't tell if I'm surprised or not. Oh, I'm like, not surprised I, at all. It no, was but, so expected. But uh, even yes. when, even when, when when people were like, oh, we might but have a they, postseason they without the Astros, it's like there's no way we're getting a playoff without <laughs> the Astros. Like that's not how that's going to end. That's not how their 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 franchise ends. Like they have to lose, them. and it's the same reason that I'm kind of happy that they got a bye as opposed to playing in this wild card round because I was so yeah, not skate right through. Yeah, I was so not excited to see a potential matchup against the Twins because it's like the Twins are not going to win that. It's no. just not going to happen. No. And I'm sick of watching <laughs> the Astros like steamroll teams that I get kind of excited about as soon as they get into the playoffs, and then it's just Are you I don't excited know. about the Twins. Well, no, but we'll I'm excited we'll about baseball that is going to be played between teams that don't, I think have a chance of being really be good. There. Yeah, um, and then when it's just the Astros like beating up usually on the winner of the AL Central like that sure. that gets a little old and I thought we were preparing for that again and that's not the case right I'm always um, very big on teams who don't get off or uh, like don't get to the playoffs often like just just to root for them not to believe sure. in but you know um which I I'm not gonna root for the twins just because I mean I'm a Yankee fan I have to believe in something I but, don't have any insurance <laughs> um you know I want the Rangers to lose this series but I don't think they will. The only reasoning behind that is that the Rays have an entire all-star team on the injured list. They really do. It's I mean, crazy. it's amazing. Um, yeah, the the Rays by far have the have had the worst luck, I think, of Such any a team shame. this year, if that's what you want to call it. Like, yeah. Glass now started the season on the IL, but he's back now. and He's, he's starting as, game one. Yes, he is as good as any pitcher in baseball. He and uh, Zach Eflin are why I think they still have a good shot at to win the series at all. But Jeffrey Springs was like a Cy Young favorite early on, and then he went down with uh, Tommy John. Yep. Uh, Shane Boz still is not Go back. On. Shane McClanahan now. Having Tommy John surgery as well, like yep. and McClanahan's arguably the best pitcher in baseball. So Rasmussen it's like Rasmussen went out with the Rasmussen the too, surgery yeah. Tommy in John as well. Yeah. Um, I don't think it was Tommy. John, oh right, but, right, that's um, right. But he did have surgery. But he yes, had surgery. Yeah. If even one of those pitchers were healthy, they, I could see the Rays just storming through the American League and going right to the World Series. To be honest, yep. But also that's not like the case. Jason Adam is banged up, which I don't know if he's going to be available for this series. But it looks like he's been gone for a little over a week or two. Yeah. But so yeah, the Rays would certainly have to have they'd have to throw like Aaron Savali probably in Game Three or something right. like that. But by I the think way, that this is all not to mention. Hold on a second. You got Brandon Lau out kneecap you got luke rayleigh out not that you know and jose series also gone and wander course, franco wander franco why don't you have a seat yeah he why don't you take gone. a seat so this whole roster wander, wander, well, why don't you take a seat <laughs> it's amazing honestly because it just goes to show you if you have a really torrid start hot as you can get you're almost guaranteed a playoff spot. I mean, they were in front of this division until the 
end of August. I think I of think. the 22 Yankees. And uh, yeah, 22 Yankees are a great example of that. The Rays won their first 15 games this year or something mm-hmm. like that, and I think it was 12. You get the idea. Um, and pretty much secured a roster or a playoff spot by the end of April. I mean, that's like if you uh, and again, not to keep bringing up the Yankees because I really am sick of talking about them at this point but the yankees have treated april as like spring training extension and it's infuriating because when you see a team do this where they are completely shattered at the end of the year and they're still limping into the playoffs just because of the fact that they had a great start i, I mean and they're up like nine games yeah on some of these teams yeah so it's amazing it's, it's not like they were even close to not making it no i mean like take advantage of everybody else just kind of adjusting i mean that's what the rays did and it got them this far i and think they also were good until like june i mean like you know june july they were still killing it but then all the wander stuff happened and all their rotation went down you get the idea i really want them to win this series honestly i really don't like the rangers i don't know why um i just something about them irks me maybe it's just texas and i hate the cowboys <laughs> but they uh they just bother me but this team is really good um they've been slowing down in the last few weeks which is how they lost the division and if anybody from the west was going to be here aside from the astros i really wanted it to be the mariners so that could also play into it sure um but this roster is really good they can hit with the best of them, and they have a pretty damn good rotation with Montgomery and Ivaldi this year having great, great years. I mean, Jordan Montgomery now is looking like a top 15 pitcher in the league, like top like 12 maybe, like just this season. This is going to be uh, this is going to be a close series. They also have I, this is a lot of former Yankees that uh, it's going to be interesting too. And I'm honestly, I want Aroldis Chapman to give up a uh, walk off home run. Um, to get the Rangers eliminated. I so think bad. you might honestly get your wish there. I think it's possible. But this is a very interesting series here, at least in my view, because both of these teams can very legitimately say, uh, if our best pitchers were here, this is a totally different series. It's true. Like, there's Holy a world. Shit, Jacob DeGrom. A much, Remember him? A much better world in which tomorrow's matchup is Jacob DeGrom versus Shane McClanahan. That's crazy. And then game two is Max Scherzer yeah, versus Scherzer probably too, Tyler man. Glass now. So instead, <laughs> Jordan Montgomery, game one starter. I think that's sneaky good value. That was a great acquisition for them at the deadline. Um, and that, but you know, it it is tough with these right-handed sluggers like Yandy Diaz, Isaac Paredes, and uh, Harold Ramirez in the Rays lineup. Glass now, of course, one of the best pitchers in baseball, and Zach Athlin has had a fantastic year after signing. Fun fact: the biggest contract, free agent contract in Rays history. Jesus. But just God, imagine if they had Shane McClanahan or Jeffrey Springs Zeflin. or Shane yeah. Boz, any of them. Like Savali's gonna have to come up huge. If Imagine they if Wander Franco wasn't a piece of shit. I know. And this team would be well. Well, they alleged, called up Jun- Junior Caminero, so um, yes. yeah. I mean, we'll see if they can get anything going. But uh, I look. It's very hard to doubt this Rays lineup, even without Wander. Honestly, just because again, this is a team who seems like they find a way every time you count them out. So it would be on brand for them to sneak through this series and you know beat up on. Jordan Montgomery and Nadia Evaldi and, you know, guys that they know well from the AL East in days past. So, I mean, this is not strange territory for them. They've been counted out plenty of times before and found a way to do it. So, I again, I wouldn't be shocked. I just I think the Rangers are going to win this, and I really don't want them to. Um, 
but I uh, I think I have the Rangers in three. Well, I agree with you, and I'll say why. Think about what happened to the Rays last year in the postseason. Do you remember? They, they got out in the f- wild card. Well, do you I? remember that day where we had two games, and it was yeah. Guardians-Rays, and then it was Mariners Astros yes. and neither game had a run scored for like Guardians Rays yeah. made it to like 15 innings and that was one of the most unwatchable playoff games I've seen ever because it wasn't oh like God, a that was pitching crazy. duel it was yeah, just like didn't hit it all it, it was just oh a God. futile performance like they I think the Rays put up one run in last year's postseason yeah and That's I right. am not Guardians convinced. that was the uh, the Oscar uh, Oscar Gonzalez Oscar the Gonzalez. Uh, SpongeBob, SpongeBob home run. Homer, yeah yeah um, I frankly am not convinced that the Rays made enough changes to their lineup or changed their strategy enough that I would feel like that's not going to happen again. Um, the Rangers pitching, say what you will about that, and it's it's a little beat up. You know, maybe there's those righties get to the the lefty <laughs> Montgomery. Maybe Nate Eovaldi gets hit. I don't know. It's very possible. Um, Maybe like Heaney could pitch. I don't know. I could see him coming up big in that Dude, series. This is a lot of old Yankees. It's true. Yeah, <laughs> man, it's true. Not very good ones. Oh, um, well, Monty was good. I liked Jordan Montgomery when he was here. But, but I guess I got to make an official prediction, yeah. and I think I'm going to say Rangers in three as well. Yeah, uh, I it think just feels like the only thing that'll happen. Like the only possible yeah. thing. I don't. I just don't see a world where the Rays come out over three. I think like, the Rays take which is why game they will win one. both games. They will win one and two. <laughs> yeah, I, I think <laughs> the Rays sweep take the series in two games. I think the Rays take game one behind Glass. Now I think he's just so nasty, like he can just brute force them to a win, and they can maybe push across a couple runs or whatever. But right. I don't know how Zach Eflin's going to look against a really good team in the playoffs. Like he's he's got the numbers to back it up. His like location yeah. this year was insane. That's he barely walked anybody. Like he was the lead leader in WHIP. So got to give him his his flowers. The, the Rays did it again with him. Real quick. Uh, but I I do think that the Texas lineup is going to get to him, and I could see Avaldi doing quite well against the October Rays, given Let's what see. we saw out of them last year. Eflin put up a three zero whip and a one zero, or excuse me, a three zero fip and a one zero whip, which yeah. is uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much what you want. One nineteen ERA plus, yeah, hundred eighty six strikeouts and one hundred seventy seven innings, nineteen homers given up, not bad year. And then the final postseason matchup, bad year. we've got the Toronto Blue Jays going into Minnesota to take on the Twins. This is crazy town over here. This is like, I mean, this one I think is the most up for grabs <laughs> out of any of the four. Why do you but say that? I agree I, with you, but why? I feel like the Twins have been, for good reason, completely ignored all year. Mm-hmm. And now they have a chance to prove everybody wrong against a team that has been dying to do exactly that for years and has not been able to do so. And they have the pitching to do so as well. Like Pablo Lopez has been incredible this year. Sonny Gray is going to pitch game two. And they've got... Joe Ryan for game three is not a bad option either. No, might be the best game three starter out of the wild cards, to be honest. Joe Ryan, maybe Suarez. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, that's, that's true. Joe Ryan, I mean, he didn't have fantastic numbers this year, but when he's on, he's really on. Yep. Um... Yeah, Barrios had a good year. I would, so I guess the Blue Jays probably go Gaussman, Bassett, Barrios. Yeah, I think that is probably the case. Um, yeah. I don't see Kikuchi. No. Maybe he comes you out You say Kikuchi. <laughs> Fair enough. 
Yeah, and then of course the twins, like you hear them in the playoffs and you just immediately think they haven't won a playoff game since two thousand and four. Why would I take them seriously? Yeah. Like and that's then that's certainly no fault of their players. Not these guys. Certainly. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I mean not not these players. Um so I think it's 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 definitely not fair for those guys to have to take that into them into this series but also that could be a source of extra motivation for them i i don't know man i just there is nothing about the blue jays even still that makes me think that they have any chance to do this i i just don't and that's so weird don't believe in them i know i don't either (laughs) i mean it's just i like this roster has talent Mm -hmm. up and down honestly the rotation is solid the lineup is good. I just feel like they're just they have superstar they are just bats. Guys every year. who just don't get it done. They're a slightly better version of the Padres. Yes, like it's just I don't know what that comes down to because again their numbers on the year aren't bad. Like, well, it's, it's I think know. it's the fact that both of those teams have offensive superstars and who largely produced individually like to an extent, yeah. but never were really hot at the same time. And sure. like the the Padres got that way worse than Toronto did, of course. Like they're not even in the playoffs. Right. And, right. You know, they lost a bunch of extra inning games. They lost a bunch of one run games, what have you. The Blue Jays have that that same issue where they have like these superstar hitters like Vladdy and Bo Bichette. They've got Springer now in there. Yeah. Um and yet, yeah, yeah I mean, like, like you said, these are this is a matchup between two He's teams that really I just don't believe in. Yeah, and yeah, <laughs> both of them. That's a really good point too. Yeah, so it's kind of like a very movable object versus a very stoppable force. Look, man, somebody has to win this thing. Yeah, <laughs> that's I think that's why it's the most fun. I think um, it'll be the Blue Jays. I, I think it's the Twins. All right, I really, I do. I just don't like the Blue Jays. This has to be their last shot with this group of players, right? That's I mean, no, that's not true. No I, way. I would think so with like some of these guys who aren't locked up. Not like, with like Vladdy and Bashir. Well, no, Maybe it's their last shot. Still in like, arbitration. I, like, I know, but like I, I, I don't know. Like that's that's the core of the Blue Jays, right? So it's like if you think true. even like next they year, like if they so young, say that yeah, exactly. Like say they I forget how young they they, are they turn over Springer. Chris Bassett, Jose Vladdy Barrios, maybe they four. I know, maybe they <sighs> get rid of those guys. They're going to call up Ricky Tiedemann next year, so they're sure. going to have like a bunch of new talent in their organization and in, right. in 2024, but as long as it's led by Vlad and Bichette, which it will be, like I'm still well, going to see that as these Blue Jays, you But know? by this is their last shot. That's but like Whit Merrifield, sure. see ya. Yeah. Matt Chapman probably gone. I don't know. I like, think Matt Chapman's been good. No, he's been good, but I'm just saying, like, why hold on to him and need to pay him when they could just, Fair like, enough, there's yeah. no point. Like, he's not winning. Like, he's 30. He's I bet on the he goes. Side of 30. Oh, he's going to go to San Francisco. Probably. That checks out, actually. I can see that. Like, I think for the next few years, if they lose this year, you're going to end up with Springer for a few more years, with Shet and Vladdy leading the charge for, I don't know, a decade, um, which is fine. Those are three guys that, for at least, Springer's 33. So, at least for the next. Four years. That gives you a solid three. trio. Maybe two or three with Springer. Yeah, yeah maybe. Well, it depends on your uh, on if he stays healthy. And also with sure. like, I don't know exactly the situation of Vlad and Bichette's mm-hmm. arbitration, but it's got to be up kind of soon. 
They've I'd drafted imagine they a couple both of them, but exciting players in the past two years we'll too. They drafted Brandon Barriera, uh, the lefty pitcher, right. in 2022, and then this year they took uh, Arjun Nimala, the Ooh. high schooler you with a mass for sure. No, I I don't even think I did. Really? Yeah, Impressive. I I wouldn't know. I, I just don't assumed. know. Yeah, I mean he's <laughs> just a high school shortstop with a high huge like ceiling. So, sure. Like yeah, I I don't know. This team has got a lot of potential moving forward, of course, but I think right now these next three games i think i do think it goes three games i don't think either team takes this in two. Oh, this goes three games yeah if it goes to game three oh man actually i'm a little i'm reconsidering a I little think, bit i think the twins take it because i was going to say i would think it would be the blue jays in game three but i don't no. know about jose Burrios. i think dude not even that think beyond that do you trust the blue jays in a do or die game this do, early do you trust the twins in a do or die no but <laughs> i would trust the twins more if Correa was healthy. I think Royce Lewis was I healthy. That, like I think those guys are going to play, but I don't think they're like well, they're not they're not full strength. And if they were, I'd feel a lot better. Yeah, wait, about what it. is wrong with Correa? Actually, that's a really good point. I mean, I care more about Lewis back? than Correa at this point because he had that foot on it. Yeah, he has plantar fasciitis. Is he going to be playing in this series? Do we know? I think he is. Yeah. Okay. Um, He's expected to at least. Yeah. Is Buxton? Okay. It looks like Byron Buxton, Royce Lewis, and Carlos Correa are all. Still, uh, people are not sure if they're going to be playing or not, but it doesn't look like it's out of the realm of possibility. So, all three of them. All three of them. Sheesh. So that's, I mean, that's a hell of a trio to bring into your lineup. Yeah. I mean, I mean, well, they, they've been in the lineup. It's not like those guys have been out for a while. No, no, so no. no, no. Like, I just mean for a playoff game. That's no, a crazy I, I, swing. I know it is, but it's like, like that. All three of those guys being questionable, I think. You know what? I'm going to go with uh, Toronto. I think Toronto wins in three. Interesting. I'm still rolling with the Twins. I just I just really don't believe in the Blue Jays. And not that I, I don't give a shit about the Twins at all. I just I like their pitching a little bit better. Um, Sonny Gray had a great year. Pablo Lopez as your one is solid. And then, honestly, I, I still... <sighs> Barrios did have a good year. Honestly, okay. It's tough, isn't it? I... This is a really close game or a close series, to be honest. Like, not, I didn't think so when I first looked at it, but now doing a deeper dive into it, truly. Um, Gossman and Bassett going up against Lopez and Gray, one and two. I'll take the Twins. Joe Ryan against Barrios is honestly, I think that's a dead toss up. And the lineup edge, I, you have to go Toronto, but like for the juice vibes. Going twins, <laughs> fair enough. I stand by that. I'm taking. It's all about juice three. vibes. It is about the juice vibes. I'm yeah. going twins in three. I just feel it. So to summarize our predictions, then for these series, I am going to go with the Diamondbacks, the Phillies, the Rangers, and the Blue Jays. All right, so I'm going to take the Twins, the Rangers, the Phillies, and the Diamondbacks. This is going to be... Uh, Why don't we take a quick break, and then when we come back, we will recap the seasons of all the teams that didn't make it. Should be fun. Stick around. We will be right back. This is going to be a fun playoffs, man. Buckle Hell yeah. In. Dude, I'm excited. Get ready. It's coming. We'll be right back on Mudville. The Giants suck. They got the power. They got the speed. To be the best in the National I'll wait for you to stop that. <laughs> All right. We're back on Mudville. We previewed the upcoming playoff series. Now let's take a look back at some of the friends that we lost along the way, the teams who did not make the playoffs. It's at this point that the dream cloud sequence starts, and you hear the March 2023. Let's just take a little recap. 
look back at where some of these teams have been. Hopes were high. Where it went wrong for some of them. talent was not. Who competed more than they were expected to, and who fell short. All right, where do you want to start? Why don't we start with the National League East? Oh, there's some fun stories in there. And with that, let's start with the Washington Nationals. You mean the three playoff team NL East? I know. Crazy, right? Isn't that crazy? Only two teams didn't make it, and one of them's the Mets. The Washington Nationals, much more competitive than expected. Uh, C.J. Abrams, post-hype resurgence, was one of the biggest stories for them, especially along the second half. Uh, I was very low on him at, at a certain point. Like I was afraid that he would never really figure it out. But uh, he started to put up the exit velocity. He, of course, steals a ton of bags. That was never in question. But uh, he's really turning into that power speed guy that scouts thought he could be. Almost made it to uh, 250, 20 mm -hmm. homers, 50 stolen bases. Close. Yes. Close. Mackenzie Gore and Josiah Gray, uh, they both have a ways to go. But they seem like they could both be legit big league starters, maybe in the middle of a team's rotation. Lane Thomas really turned it on this season, and he hit 28 home runs. Ultimately, not really a team that, that ever had a chance to truly compete, but they put up more of a fight than, than we were expecting. And they were able to draft Dylan Cruz this year, which is absolutely massive. The development of Cruz, James Wood, and Elijah Green will be the main factor in the development of this roster. And if they can hit on a few pitching prospects as well, they could have something cooking. But right now, I'm not seeing a ton on the way. You neglected to mention a very fun story from the first few months in Stone Garrett. Oh, that's right. Tore up his knee in Yankee Stadium. But mm -hmm. that, was, uh, that was sad. But um, he was a bright spot for a few months there. Yeah. Pulled him off of, like, the unemployment line. Showed up and hit, like, 300 for them. It felt like, like it was a season with a few more bright spots than we were expecting out in, in Washington. They but were projected to be, like, the worst team in the league. and They were one of them, but... Ultimately, <laughs> still pretty mediocre. Yeah. Season grade? I'm going to give him a C. I'd give him a... I'd give him a C. I think that's fair. C minus. Yeah. C okay. minus. Fair enough. I'll give him a C. You give him a C minus. Next up, the Mets. The New York Seven, Schleps. 74 and 87. Atrocious. Baseball's biggest disappointment in 2023. 74, 87, and 1, sir. <laughs> and not for the usual reasons. <laughs> Cohen threw a ton of money at every veteran he could find, including Carlos Correa, who and committed to three gone. different teams this offseason. <laughs> we know what happened to Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer. They were both shipped out of town at the deadline. Verlander back to his old team, the Astros, which netted them the return of Drew Gilbert and Ryan Clifford, begs the question why the Astros didn't just re-sign him to begin with and keep their prospects. But I digress. They also traded Scherzer to the Texas Rangers straight up for Luis Angel Acuna, and then Scherzer promptly got hurt for the season. It's possible that could be a great move for the Mets. Um, when isn't it a great idea to trade for the baby brother of your rival's <laughs> best player? That's true. They retained some of that salary, too. But yeah. That book has been written. Uh, the offense for the Mets just didn't really produce at, at any point this year. They were disappointment from start to finish, despite a 30-30 season from Francisco Lindor. 
Pete Alonso will probably be traded, and the Mets likely won't be very good next year either. Uh, I can't quite give the Mets season an F because of the acquisitions of Gilbert, Clifford, and Acuna. Um, while the vision was a complete failure for this year, um, the financial uh, onslaught that this team is, is able to provide... Um, certainly netted them three very good prospects so for that reason i will give them a d minus i was going to also give them a d minus for the exact same reason that they got rid of some of those contracts um but still paying the money but not that steve cohen cares they're gone doesn't matter yeah roster spots open um but they also called up some big prospects that proceeded to do absolutely nothing um brett Beatty was supposed to be the savior of queens he hit 212 um, Francisco Alvarez is pretty good. Francisco though. He Alvarez did hit 25 a, home runs. He had a good season. He was the only one out of their kids because they also called up um, Vientos, Mark Vientos. It was disappointing. Doesn't really play a position. Hit 211. Didn't really do too much. And uh, they also brought up uh, Ronnie Mauricio at the very end of the year. Who um, I think the jury's still out on. He hit 250 in 26 games with uh, a pair of homers. What was the nothing, uh, strikeout rate? Nothing crazy. Um, ooh, good question. Let's That's find what out. really matters for him. Um, he had 31 strikeouts and 108 at-bats. Okay. So or 108 plate appearances, excuse me. Got it. So, um, sub-300 on base, sub-400, sub-350 slug. Um, so, yeah. The uh, the guys who were supposed to be like the next wave were not, and the guys who were supposed to be the current wave were not. Also, were not. <laughs> and uh, their expensive pitching that they acquired before the season started is gone. So D minus. <laughs> oh, and the manager is gone. Poor Buck. Oh yeah, that was a really sad press conference. Did you watch it? I didn't. I just saw some clips from it, but it's really sad, man. I really like Buck. I respect him a lot. Everybody around baseball always says that he's like just the best baseball mind that there is right now in the game, and he is unfortunately out of a job once again and leaving behind a team of probably some talent with potential that in about two years might put it together again. Which has happened to him a few times. So it's a shame. Brutal. Well, anyway. On to the NL Central. Moving on. The St. Louis Cardinals. Oh, The other God. contender for the National League's biggest disappointment. After having both of the top two in MVP voting last year in Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado, St. Louis couldn't put anything together at all this year, despite being division favorites. They were dead from the very start and didn't even put up a fight. The pitching is truly abysmal. What competent starters they did have were shipped out in Jack Flaherty and Jordan Montgomery at the deadline, and there's very little in terms of potential replacements. Matthew Liberator has been a disappointment, not that the team handled him in a way that really set him up for success. Uh, And the big-name arms that a lot of teams are waiting on in their Minor league systems just aren't really there at, at any level of the Cardinals' farm system. Uh, they did acquire Tekoa Roby in the Jordan Montgomery trade and Zach Showalter in the Flaherty deal, so they're crossing their fingers on both of those names, as well as Cooper Jerpy, who was drafted in the first round in 2022. Missed some time this year, but honestly, if St. Louis wants to compete at any time in the near future, it feels like two of th- those three arms need to turn into top of the rotation 
names uh, or they just need to sign a bunch of pitchers and hope that it works out better than it has before because, oof, did it not work this year. No. Um, you end up with a nice little send-off there for Adam Wainwright. No, he's coming off a seven. He should have retired last ERA year. ERA season. Jesus. Seven four. Seven four. He could have gone out with Yachty and Albert last year. Yep, that would have been better. Yeah. Um, Hindsight's twenty twenty, and his ERA seven forty. <laughs> <laughs> well said. Um, yeah, a little bit of a fire sale in the uh, the trade deadline. Getting rid of Jordan Montgomery. People thought they were going to move a lot more pieces. Uh, Arenado and Goldschmidt combined hit like 268, 267 between the two of them. Both of them put up 25 homers. Kind of about it. <laughs> um, Arenado 93 RBIs, Goldschmidt 80. Um, neither one of them repeated the form that we saw last year. And with Goldschmidt's 36, age 36 season coming up next season, and uh, Nolan Arenado, excuse me, Nolan Arenado turning 33. And they're going to have to start relying on a lot of young guys. Jordan Walker showed up. He played pretty well. Um, 276 with 16 homers over 117 games. Lars Newtbar looks like a pretty good piece to keep around for a few years. Um, but at the same time, some of their other guys that they've been banking on, on the younger side, not necessarily young guys, but like a Tyler O'Neill hasn't really put it together. Um and, uh, yeah, Wilson Contreras was not the replacement for Yadier Molina they were hoping, and the whole thing fell apart. Starting in April. Season grade? Rough. F. F. No saving grace. Nope. Pirates. Hot start for, for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Fun start. Uh, it was a very streaky first half for them. You could never really tell if they were for real or not. You kind of got the sense that they weren't because they're the Pirates. But there were some times where they looked like they were legit. But uh, O'Neill Cruz went down in April, didn't play again for the rest of the year. Things are different this year if that doesn't happen. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Henry Davis came up and impressed, although not necessarily to the extent you might expect from a number one overall pick. Uh, and speaking of number one overall picks, the Pirates', Pirates biggest problem has been the pitching rotation in the past few years. Hence their number one overall selection, uh, LSU right-hander Paul Skeens who threw a couple of innings down in the Florida Complex League and was promptly shut down to focus on next year. Everybody's calling him the best college arm since Steven Strasburg. Pittsburgh is another team relying on a flock of electric youth to establish a winning ball club, but I think the elephant in the room is owner Bob Nutting, yes, that's his name, and the unwillingness to spend on big extensions and free agents even giving 80 million to Cabrian Hayes a few years ago felt like a small miracle out of that team. Same with the Brian Reynolds contract. The Davis year. pick in 2021 seemed like a market play at the time in terms of some of those draft economics we talked about back in July. Uh, but there wasn't really a number one consensus in that draft. So I guess we can give them a pass there. And I like the Paul Skeens pick a lot. Uh, if they can develop him, he'll be a legit big league ace, potential best pitcher in baseball guy. I mean, people are a little bit worried about the movement on his fastball, but, like, God, that guy's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, um, as far as the Pirates go, um, in terms of next year, I think they're in a better spot than some of the other guys who didn't make it this far. Um to be honest, a lot of their younger talent is, you know, 
not bad. Cabrian Hayes with a 270 season, 15 homers. That's, you know, with stellar defense. It's about all you can kind of ask for him with a 762 OPS. Not bad. Uh, Brian Reynolds with a 263, 24 homer output. Again, not great. Not exactly what you want out of him, but again, not bad. Uh, Jack Swinski, on the other hand, is actually looking like a real power threat. He has a chance to hit 30 homers next year. He had 26 this year. Um, swinging from the left side as a center fielder. He's 24, so that's, you know, on the bright side. Um, and, uh, yeah, Henry Davis, not not a lot to uh, to be too too proud of this season for a rookie campaign. Um, Andrew McCutcheon stuck around until the very end when he got hurt. Uh, we'll see if he's back next year. Obviously, he's a favorite in Pittsburgh, but it was nice to see him back there for a little bit. Kind of a feel-good story. Other than that, um, man, not a lot of good stuff going on over there, except the fact that O'Neill Cruz will be back next season for his age 25 year. Um, not exactly sure when he's going to be out of arbitration, but you can assume he's gone after that. Um, sadly, yeah, there's, uh, you know, again, by me saying that they're in better position than some of the other teams that didn't make it this far, they have a relatively talented group of guys with Cabrian Hayes, Brian Reynolds. Jack Swinski looks pretty good. He's 24 again. Um, Tamar Johnson on the way. Henry Davis, Tamar Johnson, and O'Neill Cruz coming back. So that's that's a solid Andy amount of Rodriguez too. And Andy Rodriguez, out. yes. Um, he did get into a few games this year, 57 yep. to be exact. Hit 220 with three homers. Um, so, you know, there there are reasons to be excited about the position players. The pitching, on the other hand, they're going to need a lot of work. Um, they're going to go need to make some acquisitions if they want to do anything remotely resembling competing. So, um, Season grade? D? C? C I give them C a C minus. minus. Yeah, like there's not really much to... Uh, maybe, I don't know. The injury to O'Neill Cruz kind of threw a wrench in the whole thing. They were fun for a few months. Um Maybe C minus is mean. I'll give him a C. This is the Pirates we're talking about. Yeah. You got to grade it on a curve. I'm definitely grading him on a curve. I'll, I'll give him a C, a solid yeah. C. Speaking for of good effort. Speaking of grading on a curve, because the team's owner is a cheap asshole, the Cincinnati Oof. Reds with an over 500 season. Yes, a ton of youth, just a flood of young bats coming into Cincinnati this year. The biggest yes, name, sir. of course, being Ellie De La Cruz, who debuted. Tore the cover off the ball a few times, immediately was hailed the next Fernando Tatis. Uh, he unfortunately struggled mightily in the second half with a strikeout rate approaching 35%, which is Oof. not what you want to see. Too high. Um, but uh, Ellie De La Cruz, of course, one of the toolsiest players in the league. I think it's a swing tweak away from unlocking something new. Uh, I expect He's only twenty one. Yeah, God, I expect a, a huge year out of him in twenty twenty four and moving forward. Um, really, the sky is the limit for that kid. But twenty twenty three wasn't quite as explosive as he was hoping. But you know who really did produce were the two young uh, infielders, Matt McLean and Spencer Steer. Not only them, you have so many young infield hitters came up that some started to get pushed into the outfield. Christian Encarnacion Strand took a few games in right field. That's another guy who had struggled a tiny bit upon being immediately called up, but towards the end of the year really started to 
turn it on. Uh, I've heard some Austin Riley comps with his name. Uh, in terms That's scary. I know. I like that. In terms of pitching, uh, Nick Lodolo had a really brutal leg injury, I believe it was, this year. Uh, and then he just really couldn't recover from that, didn't come back at the end of the year. Hunter Green came into his own. Guy with some of the craziest stuff in the league. Fastball touching 102, 103. Graham Ashcraft, another pitcher who showed flashes of brilliance. And then they drafted uh, Rhett Louder at number 7. So I think all in all, this was a better season than we expected from Cincinnati for sure. Uh, I don't know exactly what their projection was, but it definitely wasn't above 80 wins, which they got at 82. They ended up at 82 and 80. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I could honestly see everything falling into place for this team in the next couple of years. Sure. I think uh, whether or not they'd be able to retain that is a different story. <laughs> <laughs> that we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, uh, you know, another guy, uh, you should probably throw in there with a nice little season. TJ Friedel. Um, he's 27, so he's not as young as some of the other guys, but he put up a 280 with about 20 homers, 18. Um, it's not a bad year out of him. Spencer Steer is a nice little piece who showed up, not really uh, a top prospect to my knowledge before he came in. but Not like on, on that tier, no. Yeah, but he uh, showed up and lit it up. He's like a top 100 guy. Yeah, there you go. Still, you like to see it. Will Benson, a guy who uh, last year was – Really fun to watch at the very end of the season this year. Again, not a bad year for uh, for him. Again, up to uh, around 280 with 275 average. 11 homers, only 31 RBIs, though. Got to get that up. And 103 strikeouts in about 300 plate appearances. So, again, got to fix that ratio, and then maybe we got something. Uh, Joey Votto is probably going to be done after this year. He has a buyout for next season for $20 million bucks. This is the Reds, so goodbye, Joey Votto. <laughs> he... Obviously, great career, um, you know, Hall of Famer, almost definitely. Um, Certainly. And actually, with that being said, that does open up some money. So, you know, again, this is the Reds, so probably not. But it does open up some money for them to, if they want, maybe go get one of those middle-of-the-line free agent type guys who might be able to help them. Season um, grade? I would give them a B-. minus. I gave them a B. Yeah, I think if they had just made that final push and maybe got a wild card spot, I'd give them like an A minus. But I think, uh, you know, for what we expected them coming in, just the collapse at the end of the year, I think I have to give them a B minus. But other than that, well done. And the last remaining NL Central team, aside from the Milwaukee Brewers, who we, of course, covered earlier, go Cubs, the Chicago go. Cubs. Go Cubs, go! Really an up-and-down, largely mediocre season that ended in failure. They had a decent shot. player in terms of war this season was Mike Talkman. Wow. Just want to throw that out there. Go on. They had a decent shot to make the playoffs up until the last week of the season. They, of course, ultimately fell short. Uh, When it comes to the Cubs, I cannot help but think that the deciding factor between them falling short and actually making the playoffs is the owners, the Ricketts family. Uh, They had a core after the 2016 World Series win that was let go of entirely, maybe with good reason, since Javier Baez and Chris Bryant have certainly fallen off the map. But uh, (laughs) ever since... That's an understatement. Yeah. But 
ever since then, the Cubs have not really had an identity and have and have existed in this weird sort of limbo between competing and rebuilding. That's the mentality that leads you to sign Cody Ballinger for only one year. He's sure to sign elsewhere next year. They don't really seem like they want to keep him around despite the all-star performance. Uh, to get Jamison Tyone to just essentially patch up a rotation spot, run out what really could be a great team even without a superstar, and then not make any decisions at the deadline, you know? Like I think their best pitcher going into the season was Marcus Stroman. Yeah, like it's who just, had a good well. Yeah, he's a solid pitcher, but like he's a three. He's they a, they should have done a little bit more, and this team definitely would have made the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the the Cubs make of that what you will. Chicago sports are really down bad right now, and the Cubs <laughs> are certainly an example of that. Uh, season grade for me, I gave them a C minus. Um, I would give them. I would give them a C, I think. Just a solid C. Um, I think Dansby Swanson showed up first full season as a Cub. Again, he's 29, signed a big contract. I just, I, the, the, all those shortstop contracts last season, I think, are going to all age horribly, every single one of them. Um, this one notwithstanding. But this is, uh, yeah, 244. 22 homers isn't bad from your shortstop, but um, I think what he brings more. The leadership aspect is kind of fun for him. Um, Cody Bellinger, obviously with a three hundred seven season, he's the big talk of the town free agent. Um, the whole reworked swing and everything like that. He's you know apparently being looked at by teams like the Yankees, along with probably every other team you can think of who needs an outfielder. Um, Say Suzuki again showed up and just proved that he can hit. Um, 842 OPS, 285 average, 20 homers, 74 RBIs, 130 strikeouts, and 583 plate appearances. Really solid season at Asaya. Seems like he's pretty good there. Um, Certainly a uh, future piece of their core. Yes. Yeah, he's not going anywhere. Nico Horner, again, also had a pretty good season. Um, Not a lot of power, only nine homers, but he gets a bat on the ball. 729 OPS, again, with not a lot of homers. Um, so that's pretty good there. 43 did, steals, too, by the way. What did uh, Dansby Swanson put together? 244, 328, 416, 744 OPS, 99 OPS plus. Okay. Excuse so me. very average season. Respectable, nothing more than that. Not at all. Yeah. All right. Well, Got Mike Talkman off the bench, which I just find funny. Um, Pitching-wise, Justin Steele, great season, fantastic yeah. season. He's going to be around for a little bit. He's Career 27, year, though. No doubt. Um, so, again, I... You know, always worth keeping track of these guys' ages because a lot of the time they're older than you expect. Um, yeah, this uh, this team next year should be different, <laughs> like slightly. There's a few of these guys who won't be around anymore. Trey Mancini will be gone most likely. Um, you know, you have uh, Ian Happ just got locked up for a few years, so he's not going anywhere. Um, and then you have your young pieces like uh, a Chris Morrell, who's only 24, really thought they had something with him. He had a, you know, an okay season. I'm not too sure how he did on the back half. Um, Patrick wisdom. They expected, you know, maybe a little bit more out of him, but 23 homers for an almost 800 OPS, but average down around two Oh five. Not exactly what you want, but not bad out of a bench piece. Um, so yeah, I think, uh, 
you know, for for what again, what we were expecting. I I don't. I remember thinking I like this Cubs roster. I thought that this is probably the best that they could have done. Is like eighty three and seventy nine feels like what I would have assumed at the top most. I I want to go back and check my prediction. Um, but ownership is too complacent. Ownership is too complacent. They need to go out and go get a real star. Bring back Cody Bellinger. Why not? You know, there's really not a huge reason not to. Yep. He's only 27. You kind of need him for, you know, if you want to do anything. And it prevents the Yankees from giving him too much money. And it does that. But that's a side <laughs> action piece. Um, you want to move on to the AL West? I do. I NL West, to mention. I met Tom Ricketts once. <laughs> Scab. He was, uh, nah, he was... <laughs> scabby just nice not, enough. Not I don't know how that was context. Scabby. <laughs> but um Yeah, he's he was nice. He really looks like Ted Cruz. It's scary. Gross. Yeah. Alright, well on to the NL West. Speaking of MLB franchises with no sense of identity, let me introduce you to the patron saints of incompetence and Ugh. eternal mediocrity, the Colorado Rockies. Man. If you don't know the deal with Colorado, they're owned by Dick Monfort, <laughs> one of the worst owners in baseball. And, one and the, of the face, worst owner's names. <laughs> and the face of the owners during last year's player strike. Monfort, who promoted his son to a top executive position in recent years, makes unintelligible moves that don't align with a teardown, a rebuild, a contender, or really anything. They gave up Nolan Arenado for nothing and paid $50 million to do it. They inexplicably didn't trade Trevor Story at the 2021 deadline when he had already told them he was leaving. They signed Chris Bryant to a huge deal despite a mediocre roster that wasn't built to win, which I certainly support in theory, giving big contracts to players, but I can't say this one made a ton of sense. Usually you just want that to align with a vision that you have for the future. Usually. Chris Bryant has played about 10 games in two seasons since. The Rockies are a mess. They'll never have pitching. Chris because Bryant played 80 games this year. Just whatever. Wanna, just want to throw that out there. Go on. The Rockies are a mess. They'll never have pitching because they play in the sky. Uh, Ezekiel <laughs> Tovar looked like he was figuring something out, but uh, God, I, I, I don't see a lot to be excited about here. There's not much on the way. Zach Veen has been their top prospect for like three years, and he hasn't really put anything together. Um, like I said, they can't really draft pitching they certainly can't sign pitching uh i don't know it's they're never gonna win a championship um yeah well said <laughs> not not a lot else to throw in there other than chris bryant at 233 with a 680 ops in 80 games this is your big free agent right yeah seven um, years 180 mil yeah ridiculous um season grade d uh f I'm, why the fuck would you not just give them an F? They won 50 games. Because I'm grading them on the scale. and uh, on, I'm grading them on a curve, and they're the Rockies. But what even? what is the saving grace that gets them over F? The fact that they didn't pay a, another $100 million to trade Chris Bryant. I Inexplicably. The Man. fact that they didn't, like... F- the fact that I didn't laugh at them f- all that often, I feel like... I, I <laughs> Here's the thing. Remember before the season when Dick Monfort said, we think that we can play 500 ball. They went 59 and 103. They went 59 and 103. They were 41 games out of the division. I mean, dude, what? How do you think that 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 is so off base? Like, I just, man, it seems a mess. Um, The worst part about it is if you are the Rockies and you're a Rockies fan, 
I don't even know what you want them to do. Like, I, I truly, I would just be out. I wouldn't be able to root for that franchise. They, uh, yeah. they don't know who they are. They don't know what they're trying to do. Charlie they, Blackman is gone at the end yeah. of the season. He's your elder statesman. He's 36. This is the end of his contract. With knowing the Rockies, they probably will sign him for another four years. Uh, just because. Why not? Pitching-wise, you got Kyle Freeland being your main starter who ended up with a 6-14 and 14 record. Now, I'm not a big you know proponent of pitching record, but I do think losses matter. 14 losses is ridiculous. Um, he had a 530 FIP, 1.5 whip, just all bad, a 5-0 ER. Oh, here's something fun. Would you like to guess the lowest... ERA of the five pitchers who made the most starts this season. For the Rockies? The lowest ERA of the five pitchers who made the most starts oh, okay. as a Rocky this season. I'll give you six because there are two with 13. Um, Kyle Freeland, Austin Gomber, Chase Anderson, Ty Black. I think it's Black. Yeah. Got an H at the end of it. Chris Flexen and Connor Siebold. Go. Lowest ERA. Um, Chase Anderson. It was Kyle Freeland's 5.03 ERA. That was the lowest of any starter who made more than... Wait a minute. It might be the lowest of any starter who made a start. This has to be the only franchise in professional sports where the climate in which they play truly makes it impossible for them to contend. Okay, so... Like, it's absurd. It, it is, but... So here's the thing. There is one pitcher who made a start this season on the Rockies who had less than a 5 ERA. That was Antonio Senzatella, who had a 4-7. Did you hear what I just said? How many starts did he pitch? Two. <laughs> did you hear what I just said? Yeah, no Do one else who started a that? game for the Rockies had an ERA under 5. No one who started a game for the Rockies had an ERA at the end of the season under 4.7. And every single one except for one had an ERA over five. Good luck, Gabriel Hughes. I just... That's I so depressing. What the hell do you even do? What do you do? You throw your hands up and you hire your son as the GM. Oh, my lord. Oh, I'm sorry. Brent Suter and Jake Bird both made starts two and three, respectively. Brent Suter ended with a three three eight. Jake Bird had a four three three. But those are mainly relievers. Whatever. Um, so it's not completely true. But it there were like that openers. is a very small caveat to what I just said, and very, that's still mainly small. accurate. All right, next, San Francisco Giants. All right, the good Giants. <laughs> the ones who aren't getting pounded by the Seahawks on Monday Night Football right now. The San Francisco Giants really started at a major disadvantage. We all know how close they were to signing Arson Judge and Carlos Correa this offseason. Their roster was clearly built to complement a superstar player, which they did not have, so that absence was felt all year. They have solid depth. Tyro Estrada's defense gave him a four-win season. <coughs> and Wilmer Flores very, very quietly had a 136 WRC plus in 126 games. Logan Webb had an excellent season. He could be a Cy Young contender on a slightly better team. But unfortunately, that was their only real starter of note. Alex Cobb is cooked. He ended the season hurt. 
I don't imagine he's going to be relevant moving forward in 2024 beyond Kyle Harrison debuted and he looked pretty good. So that's certainly a reason for Giants fans to be excited. I think for me, the biggest question is going to be if they can acquire a star this offseason like they intended to in the last one, or if they just tear this down, they trade Logan Webb and they just fall out of contention for a couple of years. Man, what a sad state of affairs you just described. Yeah, this um, San Francisco Giants are in a bad spot. I'd say you need probably, I mean, two big signings and some prospect luck to even come close to competing next year, I would say. I don't I, think like, they can compete next year. I, I, mean, I mean, I mean, like I said, unless they sign a superstar, which I think they're less incentivized to do this offseason than they were last. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, I don't know, last year they had some sort of, like, viable window at least in sure. their head right. i don't know that they have that anymore i think I, I, I don't know how you could look at your two through five in this rotation and i mean think they're built to especially compete with like the dodgers look this is an old roster mainly first of all they, i mean there's not you know not a lot of youth on this team outside of tyro Estrada and patrick bailey I, everybody's over 30 and luis matos i guess um these guys are all pretty old um not a ton coming through the uh, the system, to my knowledge. Uh, they just fired Kapler, which means, you know, manager goes, you got a lot of work to do. So, um, you know, a lot of these guys might get traded. You could see some, you know, some of these people with value. Like, uh, I mean, Lamont Wade Jr. had a pretty good season. Um, you know, not, not bad. 17 homers, 14 doubles, 256 average. Um, Tyro Estrada, I don't think you would move, but a 270 hitter who can put 14 homers out at second is, you know, definitely something that people would like. Again, 26 doubles, too. That's nothing to shake a stick at. How old am I? Um, and 23 steals. Um, shake yeah. a stick at that shit. Yeah. Um, Mug Conforto, their last second signing at the end of the year, 239, 15 homers, 125 games. Not bad. Just like. Okay. Sure. Thanks, thanks yeah. for playing. All right. Um, thanks for showing you know, up. There's, there's really Here's not. A few million. Yeah. I, I, like you know. Um, I think that's all we have to say about the Giants. Yeah. There's not a lot to say about them other than that. It's just they, they got some okay performances out of some guys who are irrelevant to the future. So season grade C minus. I'd give them a D. Fair. Now up next is the San Diego Padres, Oof. a team that makes no goddamn sense. None. Because not only did they acquire a bunch of superstars who they paid a lot of money, those guys largely performed. Juan Soto played all 162 games. Did he really? He had a hundred. I didn't a, know that. He had a WRC plus of 155. Got on base 41 percent of the time. He walked more than he struck out. Xander Bogarts put up a good season. I mean he. Bogarts, Tatis, and Hassan Kim all had between 4.3 and 4.4 war. And those are all guys also who had great walk-to-strikeout rates, didn't really get unlucky, had relatively high BABIPs, you know, and, like, who put up decent numbers. And Manny Machado, too, he played in 100 and. 
38 games. He didn't have a great year, but I think he's going to bounce back next year. He still put up three and a half war. Gary Sanchez was a flash in the pan that really kind of worked out for them. When? <laughs> Which time? Yeah. Was Gary Sanchez a flash in the pan? I know, I know. Uh, like, they have the depth, and, like, they just, the, these guys never got hot at the same time. And it's not like the pitching was shit either. Like, Blake Snell is is going to win the, the Cy Young. Like, he went on the craziest second-half stretch from a pitcher I've seen since 2019 Jack Flaherty. Like, Seth Lugo was really good. That's a really good point. Snell was untouchable at the back of the year. And, like, Waka, Darvish, Joe Musgrove didn't really have a very healthy season. But, like, it's not like these guys were bad. Like, nobody individually, like, sucked that much. Like, nobody really screwed them over. Like, they just... They never got hot at the same time. They lost a bunch of one-run games. They lost every extra innings, extra inning game. That was insane. They, I think they won like one, like a statistical anomaly. Yeah, truly. Um, I, I, I really think this team just has to run it back next year, and they will have better results. Maybe patch a few things up, get a little bit of team chemistry. I, I, I don't know. Like. But the pieces are here, and that's obvious. Like it, this, this might be the most talented roster that I can remember in baseball. Like on maybe outside of the Dodgers in the last few years, not but like, making the playoffs. Yeah, um, it's really wild. Yeah, I mean seriously, no. But even more than just not making the playoffs, I mean the fact that they have Machado, Soto, like Tatis, Tatis Bogart. Bogarts is great. Hassan came had a good year. I get it. Yeah, it's just there's so many names and just so many got like. And then you even you look to the pitching, Josh Hader. But like, actually, Josh Hader is more the point that I was about to make. Of all these dudes, kind of being strange and just not clicking. <laughs> like Hader refuses to be a team guy, which, like, whatever. You're about to be a free agent, fine. This team's not going anywhere. You know that. It's I didn't have whatever. a problem with what Josh Hader said, honestly. I know I, some people like, did. I was okay with it. I, but that kind of just... Kirby, it, too. But like, it, they both got shit, and I didn't have a problem with anything. Kirby, I, I didn't really... I didn't like that as much. We'll talk about that another time. But, um, that like, Hader more illustrates the point of, like, this is, like, all these dudes are here... They're so talented, and for some reason, none of them seem to care. Is there just no like, chemistry? I, Is there it, no clubhouse culture? That's like, what the word was. I was like, early in the year when this was all kind of starting to be obvious that this team had nothing going on, there was like, people were all asking, like, what's wrong with the Padres? And it was all like, the you know, the clubhouse just doesn't get along. They don't talk. They quit at the end of games. Like, the whole, you know, the whole thing there. I, I just don't understand how this is a roster that had all this talent before and then added Juan Soto and then was worse. It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it really doesn't. Uh, and with the NL Cy Young. Season grade? F. I got to say D. Like, I, There's no I, reason not to give him an F. Truly. Structurally F, but the performances were there, and I think the future That's could be why. there. Like, I got to give him a D. I don't know. That's why I I would say the utter failure to capitalize on what they have is an automatic F. Yeah. That's fair. That's absolutely fair. Yeah. And I'm proud to be an American. On to the American League losers, and we're gonna start off with the Boston Red Sox. Yeah. <laughs> A whole lot of mid describes their the 2020 season. 
extending Raphael Devers was the first front office W they had in a long time, especially after losing Xander Bogarts, who the fans really wanted to keep, and especially in the years following the infamous Mookie Betts trade. Uh, Wait, what happened? I missed that. Well, actually, <laughs> if you didn't hear, uh, they traded superstar and potential MVP of this season, Mookie Betts. Oh, sure. They must have gotten something great in return. To the Los Angeles Dodgers for Alex Verdugo, <laughs> Jeter Downs, and Connor Wong. Oh, boy. Not great. Bad. Some might say bad. Some might say that. Some have um, said. But. And will say. Forever. Objectively. They do have to be happy with the steps made by Jaron Duran and late in the season by Tristan Casas. Uh, Brian Bayo is absolutely a dude. He should be part of their pitching rotation for a long time. Uh, I think what they saw from Chris Sale was encouraging enough, but at the same time, he's not going to move the needle in Boston. And quite frankly, Cutter Crawford can't lead your pitching staff in war. No. That's so, not great. That's absurd. Um, yeah, the 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 um, black mark on this team before the season started was the pitching. Everybody knew that their lineup was you know going to be capable enough, I guess. Um, but everyone's like, "Where's the pitching going to come from?" And uh, it ended up being a very important question that never got answered. Um, Chris Sale again. You said it well. Again, he's thirty four though, so he doesn't really. I'd have a hard time believing he has a lot left, um, but I think he's like their only lefty on the roster other than Chris Murphy, um, who's like a back end, you know, bullpen guy. Um, and by back end, I mean bottom end, and he's twenty five. Um, so there's really not, you know, not a lot to look forward to pitching wise, uh, other than Brian Bayo, as you said, who had a pretty good season, um, one hundred thirty two strikeouts and one hundred fifty seven innings, not too shabby. Um, but a 4-2 ERA in 28 starts uh, with a 1-3 whip. Got to get that down. And a 4.5 FIP. Not ideal. Offensively, the young guys, you're right. Jaron Duran almost hit 300 for the year with 15 homers. Or excuse me, 8 homers. Not bad. Yoshida for his first full year. Uh, he looked pretty good. Um, profiles very similar, uh, similarly to, say, Suzuki. A 289 average with 8 um, or 15 homers. Excuse me. Um, That's so again, racist. They are <laughs> from <laughs> the same league and country. Um, but they, uh, they, you know, profile similarly. How dare you? Um, their big move, obviously, extending Devers, you know, seems to have worked out pretty well in their favor. He had 33 homers. That's what you have him for. Uh, Tristan Costas looks pretty good. Seems like he's going to stick around for a little bit. He's 23. Um, ended up with a 263, 367, 490 line for an 856 OPS. That's really not bad at all for a 23-year-old first baseman. Um, and 24 homers and 21 doubles. And, you know, again, playing in Fenway is going to uh, inflate some of these numbers, especially doubles, I think, if you're a lefty. Um, but there is, uh, you know, still reason to be excited for sure. Um on the flip side of that, you have some older pieces who probably are gone. You have Justin Turner, who I can't imagine will be back. Uh, Christian Royals, 28. Kike Hernandez is already gone. Um, Adam Duvall, 34. He had a nice little streak there way, way, way back in the beginning of the season, if you can remember all the way back to then. Didn't really do too much. Trevor Story, big midseason acquisition. 
if you get the joke. <laughs> um, he came back from injury late in the year, too late to do anything, and he hit 243 games. Um, again, just all the pieces that you wanted to perform, uh, or that, excuse me, all the veteran pieces that you expected to perform didn't really do too much except for Devers, and all the young guys showed enough to be relatively excited for the future, but no pitching. Season grade? C minus. D. Uh, you know, they're just, there's, you know, nothing. Brody, do you want to do the honors and take the lead on the Yankees? Ooh, I'm touched that you would allow me. All right. The 2023 New York Yankees. What to say? Many things that have been said and many things that will still be said. Um, to start it off, Brian Cashman and Aaron Boone will return. That is the first thing that I want to point out when I describe how awful this season was and what a disaster and the fact that it pinned on one man. Who is that man? Joey Gallup. No, <laughs> no the, the issue obviously was Brian, Constru- or Brian Construction's roster. Brian Cashman's roster construction um, has been a mess for years. Uh, they had the theory that um, in a stadium built for lefties, if you get righties who can reach the thing that is made for the lefties, it's just added goodness. I don't know. Why not? Um, and uh, that has failed miserably. They sold out on power way too much. Years back, they claimed that they tried to overcorrect this year um, and didn't really do too well. A lot of the quotes coming out after the season have what been did they correct? Sorry, um, to they, they, what did they correct? They, they claimed that they added a more contact-oriented approach, which uh-huh. meant not selling out for power as much, which I did not see at all. No, I watched I, I 156 all. games this year, probably, and 162 swings for the fences. And uh, well, I mean, many, many, with, many, with, many with more the bases than that. loaded. Um, yeah, I would get infuriated watching this team with two outs or less even with one out and unlike a 2-2 pitch you're trying to kill a ball why just you just need a whatever i have spent too much time being mad at this team this year to be mad still you digress Um, it's uh, i do digress um there have been a lot of injuries this season some freak injuries to major players such as aaron judge with his big old toe running into the wall in dodger stadium anthony rizzo getting ran into by fernando tatis jr was very unfortunate set him off on a two-month um stint with a concussion should have been a stint wasn't played through for two months with a concussion um Stanton is a huge, huge issue going into this offseason. There is a lot of discussion over how they can move him. Um, the likely explanation for how they could do that is to attach a contract for somebody much, much younger and more talented, um, which would definitely hurt Brian Cashman at the swallow his pride and pull off. Um, so it's unlikely that we will see that happen. All that being said, there are some pieces that you can be excited about. Aaron Judge is... God among men. He's truly one of the best players in baseball, if not one, I mean, one of history. (laughs) I mean, yeah, truly. I like the guy is terrifyingly powerful. Best hitter in the league. By far. I truly think Um, 37 homers in 106 games is psychotic. He was on like a 60 homer pace again, even after missing 50 games. Um, You have, uh, excuse me, Anthony Volpe had a okay enough rookie year. He showed you, flashes of what he could be at full potential um, enough to get you excited and then you have the big man the Martian Jason Dominguez who showed up at the very end of the season and showed everybody why we should have 
made sure that we told all those writers who started doubting a few years ago to shut up. Definitely has the talent and the ability to perform at the level that we need him to as a Yankee fan. Um, the issue is that he tore his UCL, I believe, um, and is probably going to be out until around July of next year. Um, so not going to be seeing him for a little bit. Um, this was the end of the tenure, most likely, of Kyle Higashioka, who was the longest tenured Yankee for a long time. Oh, no. Now. Come um, back. Yeah, he was fun. People <laughs> fan favorite. Um, home run stroker. The home run stroker. Higgy's gone. He actually had a pretty decent season, all things considered. Um, Glaber Torres had a very good year for Glaber Torres um, by his own standards. Uh, Which what even are his standards? Nobody he knows. He had exactly him. an 800 OPS. He had 273 slash 273, 347, 453, 25 homers, 68 RBIs. That's just, such a Glaber Torres. It is so just down the middle yeah. of like every – if you could say like what is the average good baseball player? Glaber. 800 <laughs> OPS, 25 homers. Yeah. All right, there you go. Glaber. Um, nobody knows what to do with him. Half the or half the audience, half the fan base wants him traded. Half the other fan base thinks people who want him traded are out of their goddamn minds since he's one of the only people who could hit. Um, DJ May, who in his age 34 season this year, showed flashes at the very end of the old him. Um, so people are thinking maybe next year we could see some more of that. Um, this is definitely the end of Isaiah Kiner-Falefa's tenure as a Yankee, which... Lots of Yankee fans will oh, no. rejoice over. Um, even though he was a fun little piece, sometimes he provided some good entertainment. Austin Wells uh, hit a bunch of doubles at the end of the year and hit a couple homers, um, which is very good to see. Um, the Yankees have been desperate for any kind of lefty, youthful hitting potential, even let alone talent. Um, so that should be something to keep your eye on. Um they brought in uh, Esteban Florial, who has been a spark plug, or not a spark plug, but a uh, um, like a, a lightning rod Light type okay. deal. You know, um, just a very uh, polarizing mo- or, uh, prospect that we've had for years. Um, showed up and actually did all right again towards the end of the season. Uh, pitching wise, Garrett Cole is definitely going to win the Cy Young. Good for him. He had an all time year. It was very fun to watch. Um, the guy is just absolute dominance when he is on and he is on more than he is not. Um, Clark Schmidt showed some pretty good potential as well. Um, for a guy who is basically supposed to be slated in as the number seven starter before the season started, he ended up being a pretty good number two. Um, so you have to respect that. This is definitely the end of Luis Severino's tenure as a Yankee, which makes me very sad. He's one of my favorite Yankees ever. Um, Carlos Rodon, the big free agent acquisition, was absolute dog shit. Uh, said he's going to go spend some time in a cabin in the middle of Kansas, which do what you got to do, dude, as long as you come back better. Um, the bullpen was fantastic, as per usual, for the Yankees, so nothing to worry about there. Um, anyway, season grade, F. <laughs> Yeah, uh, everything that could have went wrong did go wrong for the Yankees. Willie Calhoun and Jake Bowers started like 180 games together. Um, Their old players looked decrepit. Severino turned into a pumpkin. Yep. Uh, Are you interfering? Yeah, there we go. Severino turned into a pumpkin and, of course, a freak injury to Aaron Judge and a concussion for Anthony Rizzo that went undetected for months, but the final nails in the coffin... 
There will likely be huge changes in the offseason. It does not seem like those changes will be in the front office, but it's more than fair to assume half the lineup will be replaced. Just to remind everybody, this season started with Aaron Hicks and Josh Donaldson planned to be everyday players. Hopefully, Carlos Rodon can put together a good season in 2024 because he looked just awful this year. It was a lost season for him. Maybe they bring back Severino and or Frankie Montas. I think the former is a little bit more likely than the latter, but I ultimately think we've seen the end of both of their Yankee tenures. I could really see Frankie Montas coming back in a one-year deal. Maybe. And Sevy, I wouldn't be opposed to it at all. I think he showed enough at the very end to warrant it. But, um, yeah, it depends on if they feel that they need them, which they might because you could always use another starter. Yeah, this this season was, by all accounts, a failure, but I can't quite give it an F for a couple reasons, the main one being being uh, Garrett Cole's Cy Young season. Also, Anthony Volpe got a full year of reps in it short and really started to get going in the second half. I think one more tweak, and he could be one of the biggest breakout candidates for 2024. Jason Dominguez, like you said, looked amazing until he needed Tommy John. So ultimately, I think an F for this team would have been a season that also threw uh, future years into doubt. And I don't necessarily think that's the case. I'm going to read. I'm going to read. But go ahead. Say yours. (laughs) So I I think uh, just for that reason, I think because like changes are still both possible and plausible, like, um, I don't know. D minus for them. I was going to say D minus too, giving a quick readjustment. Um, also, Johnny Brito, another um, bright spot worth sure. mentioning. Um, oh, and Domingo Herman threw a perfect game, then went to rehab. Um, and <laughs> apparently beat up his wife again. Just oh get the fuck out. Um, Domingo Herman. Yeah, he can, can leave. Get the, yeah, we said this four years ago, and we will continue to We say said it a few months him. ago too, but yeah. that dude needs to go. Mm-hmm. Um, we're all done with him. Yeah. Thanks right. for the perfect well, game. That's Enjoy the, the AL East. Moving on, the uh, Kansas City Royals. We got We'll complete the AL Central gauntlet. We we'll, got a couple AL West teams. We'll sweep through these pretty here. quick. The Royals. Anything fun to say about them? The Royals. Absolute dog shit. Uh, this team was almost as bad as the Bad News A's, a franchise literally trying to lose. And this was supposed to be that. This was supposed to be the year that something clicked. Well, in an organization City. trying to lose. Yeah, yeah players an orga- win. <laughs> right. An, an organization trying to lose. This was supposed to be the year something clicked for for KC, whether that was you know something minor or something major. Nothing clicked at all. Thankfully for them, uh, Bobby Witt Jr. put up a thirty fifty season, technically forty nine, but I'm counting it, and made major steps forward from twenty twenty two, in which his rookie year was fairly mediocre, given the expectations for a prospect of his caliber. The other huge bright spot for the Royals. Uh, they acquired they acquired Cole Reagans in the Aroldis Chapman trade, and against all odds, Reagans looked like the best left-handed pitcher that's in who, baseball. That's where Cole Reagans came from? Yeah. I didn't know that. That's crazy. It was Chapman for Cole Reagans and um, wow. Ronnie Cabrera, a DSL prospect. Well, that was worth it. I know. Remember when Aroldis Chapman was a Royal? Crazy. <laughs> uh, that's like it, though, for their silver linings are those two guys honestly um that's Vinny, not true Vinny pasquantino had shoulder surgery in may michael massey and mj melendez didn't make any steps forward uh sal perez is done just so done yep no one's coming to save the day i feel sorry for bobby witt 
That's I was going to say that's not true because Bobby Witt did have um, almost a thirty fifty season. Yeah, I saw 30 that. Home. Oh, did you? I yeah. missed that. Okay, sorry. Um, yeah, he is the only bright spot. Yeah, that, that's it. <laughs> um, Him and Reagan. Yeah. Yeah, and they don't even have much in like the farm even which is so sad like they botched their draft pick this year even they took a high school catcher over kyle teal who now the red sox have and is like yeah whatever i'll um, I digress salvi perez hit 255 at 23 homers and 80 rbis yeah but look at his war and his i haven't seen the war it's but obscene. he's a catcher it's i don't know obscene what is it bad negative let me see uh, war, war, war. Point five. Oof, that's rough. Yeah, yeah. Good point. Either way, um, season grade F. F. Moving on. No Chicago reason to be better than that. Ooh. The Chicago White Sox. Actually, if we're grading on a curve, maybe the Royals should be higher. Cause, <laughs> oh boy. Far and away, my biggest win you know from our preseason. I'm going to say D for the Royals because I wasn't expecting anything of them. Okay, fair enough. The Chicago White Sox. Far and away, my biggest whiff from our preseason predictions. I thought the White Sox were going to put something together this year and compete for the division they were supposed to win in 2022. They very much did not. They lost over 100 games, which truly would have been unthinkable two years ago. The disintegration of this franchise has been rapid, and the reports that come out from and about the front office are just completely miserable. If you want any bright side for this team Luis robert put together a healthy season for the first time he played 145 games 38 homers at a five win season andrew vaughn was really bad steals too yeah um andrew vaughn was really bad eloy didn't do much tim anderson probably the least valuable player in baseball this year Andrew Benatendi, Yasmani Grandal, Oscar Colas, Gavin Sheets. There was just nothing there. Jake Berger luckily got out, and we'll see him in the playoffs. But good, good, good God, what is there to say? Nothing. F minus. F minus. I think is still too G. Look at a G. <laughs> I mean, look at a Z. Like, I mean, this is this is truly what the Padres have to look at and say, hey, things aren't that bad. Yeah. Because this team has so much talent on paper and just has nothing to show for it at all. I mean, 61 and 101. Are you kidding? God, that's awful. Um, yeah, this uh, this was rough. Even their pitching who, you know, was supposed to be great. I mean, Dylan C started out hot, ended with a four and a half ERA. Like, not... Really, what you want? 177 innings with uh, 214 strikeouts. That's you know the only saving grace to his year, but a one and a half WHIP um, and a 372 FIP, which eh, serviceable. Um, Clevenger, but he's an asshole. Um, yeah, I, it's Keenan Mil- uh, Middleton when he got traded said that nobody gave a shit. There's no rules, um, and it shows. Everybody said that. Yeah, it absolutely um, shows. So the uh, the whole team just needs to be reworked and traded probably honestly i think you just gotta go clean sheet with this one take them out back and put them out of their misery yep like old chicago yeller well from my biggest whiff to yours oh boy my fabulous co-host brody here predicted the cleveland guardians to to win win 76 games he nailed it to win 100 games what and they ended with a cool 76. This one doesn't totally make sense to me. Is They did have some good pieces on offense. Uh, I think this team severely underperformed. I agree. Jose Ramirez put up another great year. 
Andres Jimenez and Steven Kwan were both okay. I would have liked to see bigger steps forward from them. I feel like we saw even a step backwards from Jimenez. Uh, I'm not completely out on either of those hitters yet, though. Uh, the Naylor brothers, Josh and Bo, were a huge bright spot for Cleveland this year. I think Josh Naylor is going to be a sleeper in uh, fantasy leagues next year. Josh so Naylor hit 308 with 17 homers. He's a stud. Yeah. The pitching was not great. Shane Bieber's arm is uh, shredded cheese, and the velo was down so much. He had okay results, but he tapped out after 128 innings. 128 innings and 107 strikeouts, which... And he looked okay, like, despite the no strikeout numbers. Like, he's still, like, an effective 387 FIP, 1.234 whip. 1, 2, 3, 4. How about that? Tanner Bybee looked great. Uh, That's a long-term 2-3 starter there. Logan Allen and Gavin Williams also had good results in 24 and 16 starts, respectively. Both of those guys, as he usually is. Yes, both of those guys, though, both Allen and Williams need to keep the ball over the plate a little more. Williams, especially. Uh, I think the biggest reason their pitching wasn't good. Tristan McKenzie, basically a lost year, only made four starts, wasn't healthy for any of them. That was really sad. Hopefully he comes back strong because that's a very good pitcher. Mm-hmm. This was a really disappointing season for a team that made the playoffs last year, and that's kind of all I have to say. They brought in Lucas Giolito, and he was terrible. Noah Syndergaard was oh, terrible. Yeah, they brought in all those those uh, angels, the, angels the guardian guys. angels. The guardian angels. That yeah. didn't work at all. No, not even a little bit. Um, Matt Moore, same deal. God. Grade, C-minus? Yeah, I'd give him a D. I, like, I... Again, I I still don't think it was completely insane to say 100 wins. I think realistically at the time, if I was being more level-headed, I would have said 95, to be honest. Like, if the pitching was there, I mean, mean, Bieber, I I maybe could have expected to have a bad year. Um, But that rotation just, it's talented, and the lineup is talented too. I mean, Jimenez is a great hitter. Ramirez is, you know one of the best hitters on the planet. Stephen Kwan did not do Stephen Kwan things as much this year, although he still 171 hits um, in 158 games, 270 average, not, you know, um, not too bad there. Um, and they also had a little bit more power this year. They brought in Josh Bell. They traded him at the end of the year to the Marlins, but, um, or did they waiver him? Uh, they traded him. They was a trade. Um, traded him for uh, Khalil Watson. Yeah, this year they had uh, five guys with double-digit homers, which is more than <laughs> I think they've had in the past. Um, but yeah, this is a, a team that probably only needs a few extra pieces, maybe, um, to contend next year. I don't think they're too far off, but I think Terry Francona is probably done. Um, which maybe that was a distraction. Maybe the whole pitch limit thing was an issue. Um, there are a few things that you could probably point at that um, held this team back a little bit. But they're they're still talented. I think if you're a Guardians fan, there's reason to be excited for next season, even though this year was pretty rough. Yeah, I think so. Want to move on? Let's go to the Detroit the, Tigers. The one we all messed up on. <laughs> We were very hard on the Tigers in our preseason predictions. For good reason. Morgan to be fair. especially. Yeah, but <laughs> Morgan's gonna have to eat some crow on that one. But both of us thought that they would essentially be what the Royals ended up being. We all predicted them to come in last. They ended up in second place, doing much 
considerably better than than my pick to win the AL Central, which was embarrassingly the Chicago White Sox. Kerry Carpenter was a great find for the Tigers. He put up 121 WRC plus in his rookie year. Riley Green took steps forward. Spencer Torkelson did as well. Hit 31 home runs this year. Had it above average numbers after a really concerning rookie season last year. He also played in 159 games, so mm-hmm. maybe there's some long-term durability there. For an age 23 season, it's pretty much all that you could ask for. Unfortunately, offensively, that's about it. As yep. far as bright spots go, Javier Baez was one of the worst contracts in baseball. Riley Green had a good year until he got hurt. Exactly. Yeah, I, I, I mentioned him just briefly. I'm sorry. I was looking at the numbers. Guy. Miguel Cabrera's retirement was a nice story, but the production. Enjoy oof. retirement, King. Yes. Uh, Zach Short, Nick Maton, just guys that cannot be in a competitive lineup. No. Not not really big league hitters. Expect them on the Yankees. <laughs> uh, Tariq Scooball looks really good. Uh, he had a 32% strikeout rate to only 4% walk rate. It's elite numbers. Uh, he made 15 starts, led the team in war despite that. Eduardo Rodriguez had a solid year, declined to trade to the Dodgers. Kind of funny. I guess he likes it in Comerica Park. I can't really blame him. He found more success here than I was expecting. They traded Michael Lorenzen to Philly. Uh, they've got some fun showings at the end of the season out of Reese Olsen. Uh including a nice September start against the Dodgers. And at the end of the season, Sawyer, Gibson, Long came up out of nowhere and shut down a bunch of bad lineups. So it'll remain to be seen whether that performance was legitimate or not, how much value he holds going into 2024. I think there's plenty of reason to believe that it is, and I think this was a pretty impressive season, all things considered, from yeah. what we expected to be the worst team in baseball. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's fair to say they overperformed, um, as opposed to the other teams in this division who definitely severely underperformed, which, you know, nice little change of pace there. Um, Spencer Torkelson, obviously the bright spot, as you said. Um you, on the flip side, you have a guy like Akil Badu, 24. He was, you know, supposed to be a lot better than he's been since he got up, um, hitting under 220 with 11 homers. It's, you know, for I think he's mainly supposed to be a defense guy at this point. But, um, you know, for a guy who was a, I don't know if he was a top prospect. But he was definitely highly touted. I do remember um, from back in the day. Um, so you want a little bit more out of him if you want to do anything. Um, yeah, I, I mean, other than that, you know, they, their stars really are Baez and Torkelson and Riley Green. You want more out of, but he got hurt at the end of the year. Um, so, I, you know, you can't really expect anything out of Javier Baez anymore. Um, I think he is what he is, and he's never really going to change too much, considering the fact that he's 30 now. Um, he's going to give you pretty good defense, and by pretty good, I mean pretty much top-end defense. And uh, can't hit, and will swing at everything. Um, pitching wise, Tariq Skubal is said to have like some of the best stuff in baseball, and he showed it, you know, in brief flashes. Um, so you got that going for you. But uh, as far as next year goes, I don't really think you can expect much more out of this. This seems like the most. I agree. Um, they could have drafted you know, Wyatt Langford, but they didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they went with Max Clark instead. Um, we'll see how that pans out. But this is pretty much the, the top end of uh, what you can expect and what they can do. 
Um, so if, grade? Uh, I'd give B minus. I was going to say the same thing. I would yeah. give him a B minus. I think that's fair. All right. Um, mm-hmm. Overperformed. Good job, Tigers. Moving on, our final division. Three teams left. A's. The AL West. All right. The Oakland Athletics. All right, moving on to the Los Angeles Angels. <laughs> <laughs> what do you even say about the A's? The this... uh, mission statement achieved. You went 50 and 112. Good job. This is the plot of the movie Major League. The owner stripped down everything, traded away all their best players, acquired a bunch of guys who wouldn't crack many lineups, Stuck them out there in a starting lineup for six months, all before the team moves to Las Vegas after the owners fleeced the taxpayers of Nevada. Several other owners seem to be following his lead as more than ever are requesting billions of dollars in taxpayer money. We've seen a couple relocations already, but I don't think anything quite as cynical and frankly disgusting as this one. They lost 112 games. John Fisher is the prime example of an owner who needs to be out of baseball, who would not be able to run a team, and who would not have control over thousands of people's vested interests in a just society. Unfortunately, we do not live in that. And I can't really give this team a grade because the players did the best they could given the circumstances, and the owner should be in prison. So, all in all, (laughs) I think it's fair to give him an F, but I don't feel feel very passionate about it. Look, all these guys, if they were on a team um, where they were, you know, the eight, nine hitters on a competitive team, honestly, like the offense was not. Like, you know, obviously, again, I I said they lost 112 games. You lose 112 games for a reason. But, um, you know, you have, like, some some okay, like, hitters in here. Like, Ryan Noda, Zach Jeloff, and Brent Rooker all had an over-120 OPS+. plus. Like, you know, that's respectable. Um, you know, you have uh, 22 homers out of Langoliers, which is good. Brent Rooker put up 30. So, like, it, again, eh, strikeout rates aren't great. But it's it's just it feels unfair to these guys to have put them through this um truly it seems mean and i know like this is the dream anybody would give their fucking left nut to go be able to do what these guys do on a daily basis but it still doesn't seem right to treat these guys with the respect or to not treat these guys with the respect that they deserve um yeah uh sier ruiz stole 67 bases by the way which is uh that's fun Rookie record. Um, wow. How about that? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, as far as next year goes, expect more of the same. F. Yeah. It's a shame. Well, Los An- the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, the least yeah, competent. Speaking of pathetic. <laughs> the least competent not franchise. Not treating your guys with the respect they deserve. The least competent franchise in professional sports. There Ooh. have been years of discourse. That would be a fun debate. I think mm. they might be up there. There have been years of discourse at this point about how the Angels had two of the best players ever in Mike Trout and Shohei Otani and couldn't even make it to the playoffs once, capped off, of course, by the most infuriating season yet. Um, Shohei Otani, and we don't need to say anything about what he has done from 2021 through 2023. It is an unprecedented feat in professional sports. Uh, Mike Trout, has been injured for a lot of that time, but I don't need to tell you in the decade prior, he was the greatest hitter of all time. 
maybe. <laughs> Mickey Mantle type beat. Yeah, so like the fact that these two guys are together on the same team is a miracle. And the fact that that team cannot put together a winning product. Uh, not even a winning product, just a winning season. beyond obscene. They didn't win no. 81 games with Otani and Trout. Once. Once. No. It it's truly Absurd. obscene. I, I don't know no waste. how um people who do this I don't know how I don't know how you can see people do this and then r- retain them in their positions professionally. I I don't know how this yeah. isn't just an automatic Perry clean house be fired. Uh, yeah, and he's being retained. Uh, yeah. Phil Nevin's gone. I mean, I don't know. maybe it's not Manazian's fault. It's obviously already Moreno's fault, but like, I mean, yes, God. but at some point, I, I mean, I guess I I don't know how you don't blame it on the well ownership first, obviously, but like the GM should. It's full organizational ineptitude. This is failure, top to bottom. It's mm-hmm. true. Season grade F. Yeah, um, definitely yep. F. I, I mean, look. Anthony Rendon's a fucking weirdo, but like sometimes that's good, but he's seems to be completely checked out. So that dude is now your anchor for the next few years because Mike Trout might get traded and Otani's gone. So good luck with that. Um, the Angels are in hell. They are really. It's. The, I mean, it's going to so be actually bad, the Angels are about times. to be in hell. Um, yeah, it's true. Um, on the bright side, Nolan Chanuel showed up and did all right. Hit two seventy five, seven thirty two OPS in thirty games. Mickey Moniak had a really good season. Um, Eighty five games, eight hundred two OPS, one hundred thirteen OPS plus. 14 homers. Yeah, I mean, you want to know the future of the Angels. It's a bunch uh, I mean, of former first-round draft picks that they had a bunch of low low floors, high ceilings. Yeah. They picked so that they could try to Pretty contend much. with these players. Those players are going to leave, and now these college bats that they have under contract forever are going to be the future of the team, and they're going to win like 65 games in the next time many, for many years. It's going to be depressing. Yeah. But Zach Neto, Nolan Shanuel, yeah, I mean, those good, guys good are going to play 160 games a year, maybe. Yeah, I mean, look, this is going to be um, a similar type of place as Oakland, Kansas City, um, probably Detroit, Chicago, Southside for the next few years. I, it's just going to be rough, <laughs> and there's not a lot of bright sides to really look forward to unless Trout sticks around and somehow is able to rally the troops. But, I, I mean, man long shot <laughs> this is uh it's sad truly because i mean you as a, a fan of the sport you want to see stuff like that happen where you get two great talents on one team and if it if it's not your team who's going to succeed you probably would like to see a team with two extremely likable extremely talented all-time talents um do well and they didn't they couldn't make that happen so shed a truly silent pathetic. manly tear for the yeah. a's Angels, excuse me. And then our final team on this list, who I wish we could have talked about in the playoff picture, but alas, we're not able to, is the Seattle Mariners. Somebody call John Boys. Yeah, he's got another chapter. I saw a stat that the Mariners have lost, have been eliminated in game 161 or 162 four times in the past eight years. And that hasn't happened to any other team more than twice, that's and absurd. it's only happened like four other times in general. Oh my so that, lord! So that's just heartbreaking. I, 
I feel Dude, so the, bad for the Marinus. The AL fans. West is the weirdest division. It really is. <laughs> Top to bottom. Man, the only normal team in here is the Rangers. There's so many <laughs> weird divisions this year. Man. Like, I feel like there aren't any normal divisions. Each year. each division has their own story to tell. Yeah. And, wow. Yeah, the Mariners. Uh, do you have a, a piece you'd like to say on the Mariners? Um, Speak now or forever, forever. Hold your peace. I didn't get to write anything about them, but I'm going to wing something. Um, well... Julio Rodriguez, absolute superstar. 30-30 season. People thought he was going through a bit of a sophomore slump towards the start of the year that didn't really end up being the case. And then he stopped slumping. (laughs) They also had very strong seasons from J.P. Crawford, Cal Raleigh. Eugenio Suarez performed pretty well. They're still trying to get the results they're looking for out of Jared Kalanick. Uh, Teoscar Hernandez. He did. He did have a better year for sure. Um, Teoscar Hernandez wasn't the best addition, but he did play in 160 games. So that was a lot of that's longevity. 26 overs, 260 average, not bad. Ty France didn't have a great season. He was kind of bad on both sides of the ball, unfortunately. Um, Cal Raleigh said they need to go add players, but like Cal, my, my friend. Yeah. Buddy, I mean, you're, you're the guy who would get replaced probably <laughs> in this lineup. I, I'm sorry to say him and Colton long. Like, I, I like the The Mariners pitching. George Kirby is one of my favorite pitchers in the I league. Cal Raleigh really did hit 30 homers. So maybe not Luis Castillo, completely electric. I love the trade they made for him last year. I am sure they don't regret that for a second. Logan Gilbert, age 26 season um 373 ERA for him another guy I think Kirby and Gilbert are pretty similar pitchers Gilbert definitely gives up a few more home runs and I'd prefer Kirby moving forward but they don't need to make that choice they've got both uh and then the young arms Bryce Miller and Brian Wu both guys with electric stuff right handers um both had innings concerns this year, very justifiable, made 25 and 18 starts respectively. I definitely see them as part of this team's rotation moving forward. And despite the fact that they didn't make the playoffs this year, I am still excited about the future of the Seattle Mariners. Yeah, uh, there's reason to be. I mean, Luis Castillo is going to be a Cy Young candidate probably for the next six years. So, you know, obviously you can keep an eye on him as long as he stays healthy. Um, George Kirby is... Uh, uh, he's fun to watch. Um, I, that dude like doesn't walk anybody. Refuses to walk people. No, he, it's not that he doesn't walk people. He refuses to. I remember we. I was watching the game where he pitched against the Yankees, and it was like three zero. I think to Stanton, and instead of throwing him anything to chase at, he threw him like something down the dick, and Stanton just cranked it. And I, and I think Donaldson hit a homer off him too. And I was like, this dude just he doesn't walk people. He refuses to walk people, which is entertaining um at the very least so you know maybe rethink that strategy a little bit because you'd rather have a gun first than hitting a homer um but whatever i i respect it um die on your stuff george why not hell yeah um yeah julio is a true superstar he's 22 I, it's really easy for to forget that he is 22 years old that's crazy um i mean he is an absolute stud and he's going to be for a long 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 time hopefully um because he's also just electric and really fun to watch 
Um, Jared Kelnick, again, had a bit of a better year, and if he does any better next year, then that's a pretty scary outfield with Kelnick, Rodriguez, and Tay Oscar. If he sticks around, he's 30. Um, we'll see if they keep him around. Um, but, yeah, other than that, their depth was okay. Uh, Tom Murphy coming off the bench, their backup catcher hit 300, which is fun. Um, well, he hit 290, but you get the idea. Um, yeah, they got to replace some of these other guys in the lineup who um, are a little bit of dead weight. Like, you still have Mike Ford kicking around. He came up in 83 games. Colton Long did not have a good year. Played in 67. Um, Jose Caballero played in 104. He's 26, so not as urgent to get rid of. But not super exciting just player. Just nothing brings not much to the table. Um, as far as the bullpen, too, but the bullpen's good. They they did get rid of Paul Seawald. Um, They've had, but, got Andres Munoz and Matt Brash, so two guys with great stuff. Yeah, again, the reason I bring up the bullpen, just this team is built to compete, and you need a good bullpen for that. It's just I feel like they're a piece away in every single spot, maybe except for the rotation. I'd like to see Prelander um, Baroa next year. He's got some good stuff. Sure. Um yeah, I, I think uh, I, I love the Mariners, honestly. Um, I was really pulling for them after the uh, the Yankee season fell apart. and uh, Then so did theirs. And so did theirs. It is what it is. He got astros It yeah. happens to the best of us. But um, it is come back stronger next year. We'll be rooting for you. And that's our last team. Uh, I think we've expended ourselves pretty sufficiently here tonight. We've been talking for quite a while. Yeah, uh, but if you liked our... Uh, our preview before the season. Hopefully you like this episode. Hopefully um, you got to hear us eat crow a little bit. Just a take bit. <laughs> a couple victory laps. Maybe I don't yeah, know one here and there. Yeah, maybe. But if you like what you heard here from us today, we did just launch a Patreon, patreon.com slash mudville. It's only $1 a month. If you want go over there, check it, could it out. It could also be $15. It could be 15. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> or it could, it could more realistically be five. We have a couple different tiers. Or you Up could just go you. over there and like check it out because we're yep. going to post most of the stuff on there for free anyway. So We are going to have some Patreon-only stuff down the line. Um, but the first episode of uh, the Stab Brothers New York Sports Talk is going to be coming out pretty soon. Um, excuse me, just the Stab Brothers New York Sports is the title that we're rolling with. Um, and then uh, we also have um, a very special episode coming out soon, um, which is going to do a deep dive into a very interesting player from baseball history, yes. um, which is going to be fun. And uh, thank you guys for listening, if you stuck around this long. Enjoy playoff baseball tomorrow, guys. It's going to be fun. We made it. Just sit back, do your thing, have a drink if you want, and enjoy. Yeah gonna be good thank All you right, so guys. much for tuning in i've been nolan rabine i've been brody stab appreciate y'all goodbye See you next week